All right, welcome to another action-packed episode of Game Time with Manny, here with Matt, as always. Oh, come on, And, of course, the dog starts whining literally as soon as we start recording. Uh, So, yeah, let's talk about the things that happened over the past two weeks. Yes, uh, I guess we'll... We seem to start with the news, so... Yeah, um, so, yeah, Lethal League Blaze, a game that I have been very excited for... Uh, they have. I've followed their Twitter, so they've been right. announcing characters over the past mm. couple of weeks. So in case you don't know, Lethal League is a local multiplayer game. I guess there's online too, but it's right. mainly local. It started as a Flash game, and basically you played as this baseball guy. So Raptor was the only one in the right. Flash game. He's just like looks like a regular baseball player. And so you hit a ball, and then it gains speed each time you hit it, and you keep doing it. And it's basically in like a square room. And so the Flash game was crazy, and then they made it into a real game with different characters who have different, like, super moves, kind of like Super Smash Brothers. And then, so I played the shit out of that game. Like, I've played it uh, over 100 hours for sure, over over the PS4 version and the uh, Steam version. And it was a bummer because I think the PS4 version, it came out way later than the Steam version. I think it sold like shit for them. Right. So I was like kind of worried that they were just going to like, that was going to be it. But then they announced Lethal League Blaze and like, it's basically the same. It's like a 2D side scrolling game where you hit a baseball, except it like is like a kind of like what Guilty Gear was going for, where it is like 3D, but on a 2D plane. Okay. Um... And so they had announced characters, like, the most recent one was Nitro. Right. And he's, like, this cop that his, like, thing he hits the ball with his handcuffs. Huh. And that's really weird. But they just announced that the, it, Lethal League Blaze is coming out in October. Um, they finally announced a release date. So it will be is, before Extra Life. Is it all... What's it coming out on? I didn't catch that. I... Is it just I PC? think it is coming out on everything. I think it's PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive. It might be just PC, but I'm pretty sure that I read that. Okay. Because I, um, I feel like it probably could run on Switch. Oh, almost certainly. So. I That might actually be true. Let me double check that real okay. quick while I keep talking. Which is... I, I'm just going to go off the cuff here. It's not on our list, but did you see that... Ubisoft just announced a new game for the Switch. It looks just like uh, Go Vacation. Wait, it, they they have Go Vacation. They put out Go Vacation. No, this is Ubisoft. Who made Go Vacation? I don't know. Oh, Namco Bandai was publishing Go Vacation. But the, it's like a sports game that looks exactly like Go Vacation. What? Yes. One, why? <laughs> Two? I guess, I don't know. I think they call it like Switch Sports or something like that, and... I, I was just like, just watching the trailer, I was like, this looks like Go Vacation, but with just basically sports, and Go Vacation had more, or has so, more. Lethal League Blaze is coming to everything but the Switch, okay. it seems like. Um, and it's weird, because they still haven't like announced all the features, right? and they were like making fun of the Smash Ultimate thing, where they showed a picture of all the characters, and they're like, everyone's here mm-hmm. with their new characters. I think that there will be secret characters... Uh, because, like, do you remember in the first one you could play as, like, the Boombox? Yes. He is a regular character okay. now, Doombox. I only remember three new characters offhand, and it is, like, a skater girl who, like, looks like Gum from Jet Set Radio, Nitro the Cop, and... The fuck was the other one? Oh, Doombox. Oh. It's technically a new character. Oh, okay. And so the rest of them are returning characters. Okay. All, all of them return... Um, 
but I think that there will be more. Mm-hmm. So they've also been teasing in tweets recently, like basically like a story mode. Okay. So like they're trying to like build out the world of Lethal League, which like sure, right, uh, whatever. Right. I mean, your multiplayer game, sure. If you want to give it extra modes, like I'm never gonna say no to that. It it could be really cool, right? Or it could be a Rivals of Aether scenario where the story is like literally worthless and takes you like ten seconds to button through the slideshow, right? Um, but I I don't know, whatever. I I think Team Reptile did a great job with Lethal League, and I think Blaze will be right just as good. Yes. Um. I mean, if it plays like the first one, which it'll play it well, looks exactly right. like it, right. so like, yeah, yes. with more characters and exactly. more content, and so this is the sickest thing to me, which most people might not care about. They released all of the names of the composers who are making music for it, okay, and so like Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future, like I love the music in those games, and Hideki Naganuma did that. They said that he is doing some music tracks for this game. Oh, wow. And, like, I don't care what the gameplay is like. New Hideki <laughs> Naganuma music is like, oh, my God. I'm so excited. Hideki Kamanuma? H- Hideki Naganuma. <laughs> so, like, I... Uh, you probably have never heard any of the music, mm-hmm. but I used to in college. Like, my roommates have never played any of those games. If I asked them, like hey, do you remember the song I used to play all the time, Isle 10, Mm -hmm. or like the concept of love? They would be able to sing it, probably, because I used to listen to the Jet Set Radio Future soundtrack like constantly all the time to the point where they would be like, what the fuck is this? And I'd be like, oh, let me tell you about Jet Set Radio Future. And it's just like, it's weird, like really funky Japanese hip-hop stuff with like actually mostly English lyrics. Like Mm -hmm. they're... So, it, it's just really funky mm-hmm. and weird, and I hope that he does the same type of stuff. Even if he doesn't, like, his composing style is just, like, really funky and right. good. So, it would fit well with, like, the music from the original Lethal League is more, like, weird, like, hip-hop slash sometimes dubstep music mm-hmm. that, like, changes with the speed of the ball. It's just very weird stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited about Hideki Naganuma and his hot new tracks for Lethal League Blade. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious how they're going to do that because it does need to kind of speed up to yeah to fit the rest of the game. So I, I don't know how they're going to like I how that's and they they announced a couple of other composers at that same time. There are ones that I had never heard of, but other right. people seem pretty excited about that too. Which it also just like I don't know how they would get in touch with him to be like. Hey, do you want to make music for a like weird indie game? Right. And he's totally said, yeah. He like on Twitter, he I believe he also may have been the director for Jet Set Radio Future. And people would always tweet at him and be like, hey, we want an HD version of this game. And so he started like a tweet campaign to Sega. He's like, Yeah, man, tweet Sega. Bring back <laughs> Jet Set Radio Future. And like they did remake the original in HD. Mm-hmm. And like I that one is okay, but Jet Set Radio Future, the sequel that was for Xbox, like that was the one that right. I think people would want remade, and it was cell shaded, so it will look dope. Like even up res. Like they right. didn't even have to change it. And so he was had that tweet campaign for a while. I don't think it went anywhere. But he like actually cares about the games he make and the music he works on. Mm-hmm. So he's like I follow him on Twitter. He's pretty right. cool overall. So he just seems like a really interesting guy. Um, so yeah, Lethal League Blaze, man. Yeah, I get so hyped that it will will be able to play it for Extra Life too. Yeah, that, I mean that's so, coming up very soon. It is, yeah. And uh, so also what happened that was last week is uh, the Nintendo Direct. It was. Uh, the thing that I'm probably most excited about is the Luigi Mansion. Luigi's, Luigi's Mansion, Mansion Three, yeah. Uh, but also, you know, there was uh, the. <laughs> 
Oh God! What is the game? Animal Crossing. So that that was, that was crazy because okay. So I probably shouldn't say this, but I was watching it at work. Yes. I that is one of the days I have to work night shift, so I have to stay till seven. Oh. And I was just in my office because we have to look out for the phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was watching that, and I remember I also had Twitter open separately. Right. And I know that a lot of people recently have been complaining about too much Smash news. And I could see it happening. I, I saw it happening live. <laughs> is people thought on Twitter, I could see it. They were like, they're right. announcing Animal Crossing. This is going to be so dope. And I knew. I was like, these people are going to fucking turn into a mob in like 30 seconds when they say that Isabel is in Smash. Because it like it looks like Animal Crossing, right? Like right. It was the exact, yeah. like, the text boxes, the choice... And I was just like, "Oh shit, Nintendo! You cannot do this to yourselves. Like you, you. This has to be Animal Crossing, or the internet is gonna blow the fuck up." And so then she was like, "They invited me to be in Smash, and I could see it falling apart." And I was like, "This will be cool for me, but the internet is gonna die. Like it's gonna blow up." And so they get through. They introduce Isabella or whatever, and it fades out. Right. And then it's Tom Nook sitting in the dark, looking at his computer. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Personally, I think. That it should be Tom Nook instead of Isabel. Because Isabel was only in the 3DS game New Leaf, right? Okay. And, like, people liked her as a character. She's the mayor's assistant, whatever. Tom Nook is, like, the guy. Right. He is... He gives you that sweet loan for your house, you know? He is, like, the one that people go to, I think. Like, and Tom mm-hmm. Nook is probably my favorite Animal Crossing character. Um, I actually have a shirt with Tom Nook and his nephews on it now. It's pretty dope. Um... So I thought they were going to be like, oh, is he going to be in Smash? Right. And then he said, like, oh, man, everybody's going to need a new home to come to when they get back from playing in the Smash. And then they announced Animal Crossing as well, and I was like, oh, thank God. Right. Crisis averted. <laughs> crisis, and I could you, I could go through my Twitter timeline and see people be like, what the fuck? Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, you could see them calm down immediately, and I was like, whoo. Nintendo has learned from their past mistakes. They cannot do shit like that anymore. Right. They, cannot tease these huge franchises and then like have people just like be like oh they didn't announce it well that's fine now right like people lost their shit when they announced the metroid prime 4 and they just showed a logo yeah like what the fuck is this and it's like listen man at least you know that that game is going to come out like they're not going to it's gonna be fine right like they're gonna they're gonna do their thing and it's gonna come out it's gonna be okay yes it's kind of like with the Elder Scrolls. They they announce that way in advance that people freak out. And yeah. It, I, I don't think you really should announce anything until you have something. Oh, I also show. agree with that. I think that now the way that the marketing happens for a lot of games is they announce it way too early. And so, like, I think we I might disagree. Have even... I think it's it just kind of depends. Because, like, if you remember last year with, like, Shadow Mordor. So like or Shadow I, War, which I think that that is a good that is yes. the way the developers should do it. Absolutely, I think they should wait forever to announce it until they can show a lot of it. Yes, and like that's what they did with Fallout Four, right? Right. Was they didn't even announce it until that E3 press conference, right? And then they were like, "Oh yeah, here's this like shit ton of gameplay." Yes. Also, by the way, it's out in three months, and right. it's like that is cool, and yes. I feel like that is the way to do it. But like shit, like. Kingdom Hearts 3 and the Final Fantasy 7 remake are like prime examples of like don't fucking do that. Right. Especially if you know that the game you're announcing has like the most rabid fan base on <laughs> earth. Like fucking that Final Fantasy 7 remake like that 
at this point, it might as well come out in 2030. Right. Like, they don't even have a release year for that mm-hmm. shit. And they showed it, what, like, five years ago now? Right. But, yeah, like, yeah. a loose tech demo? And I I think this this is the same problem we talked about last week, where, like, with Puddlegate and things <laughs> like that, where with the downgrade, <laughs> is, like... Yes. The average consumer doesn't give a shit that your game is going to take a long time in development. Like, it doesn't matter to them as long until they have the final product. Right. So, like, my thing is, it gives people years and years to build out what they think this game is going to be so that they can only be disappointed when right. it actually comes out. Right. So I feel like the long, drawn-out release schedule thing really blows. Yes. Because, like, video games take years and years to make. Like, Kingdom Hearts 3... Nomura in a recent interview even said like we announced that way too early. They had like a 30 second tech demo of like what Sora would look like. Mm-hmm. And it was like that was literally the only thing they had and it's like don't fucking announce your game at that stage, man. Yeah, yeah. Be everyone knew Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to come out. Like you didn't have to like put it out then. Like no one thought the game was never going to come out. Now I do. I mean even <laughs> though it's coming out in January, it mm-hmm. has a solid release date now like it's just too early. Yeah, another example is Crackdown. Like they announced oh, fuck, that way dude. too early. Well, Crackdown <laughs> is different because that I still feel like that shit's gonna get canceled. Because well, they announced it way moment. too early, and then like every <laughs> they set a date and then they change it. It's that's been a, just a disaster. Right? Like class one trash fire. Did, like it is. It's insane. Did I tell you that people pre-ordered it when I was at GameStop? Because they asked me like, yes, they asked me if I wanted to pre-order anything, and I just was like. You know what? Can I? I just like asked them. I was like, "Has anybody pre-ordered Crackdown?" And they were like, "Yeah, two people have." And I was just, I was just shocked that one. I don't know if GameStop's going to be around that long. <laughs> and also, too, if Crackdown's ever going to come out. <laughs> well, like, they delete it again! Well, that's what I mean. After they had, like, said, like, nah, man, it's on track, and, like, this game's real yeah. and definitely going to come out, they delete it again. Mm-hmm. So, like, what even yeah. is that at this point? Right. Like, it has to be, like, the most, like, broken mess possible, or, like, they just don't know what it should be. I don't know if it's that cloud thing that's screwing them up i don't even knows if that is even still a thing right so it's just strange or maybe because like crackdown one was like successful and i like i don't think they thought it was going to be and then people really didn't like crackdown two because it took away a lot of what made the first one fun Mm -hmm. so i don't know if it is either like they're just having a hugely hard time developing this game or if they just can't decide what it should be i i don't i think it might be just limitations of they made these promises and now they're just kind of like do we release something that doesn't follow up these promises or do we keep working towards these promises that's my guess is what what the issue is very strange and that's why you know just don't make these promises so early on just you know yeah I, i think it's better like they did it with fallout 76 where it's just like hey this is coming out in three months here's the game so, and what I think is cool about Animal Crossing, and but they yes. said 2019, right? Right. So, in theory, Nintendo usually doesn't delay games like that. No. So, it should come out in 2019, and what's cool about that is it seems to be a worldwide release. Right. So, what usually happens is Animal Crossing will come out in Japan like a year and a half to two years before it comes out in the U.S. because the amount of text that needs to be translated is, like, absurd. Like, there's, like, a shitload, and, like, that was their exact reasoning, and they came, they were upfront with that with New Leaf when it came out in Japan. They were like, it's gonna take a long time for us to localize this. There's, like, 
an absurd amount of text because every single person that can live in your town mm-hmm. has completely different stuff that they have to localize. They have like their own mannerisms. There's like right. over a hundred now. And so like, that's a lot of text for any situation that could possibly happen in animal crossing, which is a lot of things for each holiday. And then like text for each individual item of which mm. there's probably over a thousand <laughs> items and stuff like that. And so it's like, it's a huge task to do that. Do you think they have to localize holidays as well? Cause I, I don't s- believe so. Because, like, I don't think they celebrate Christmas in Japan, do they? They do, but not to the extent that we do. Okay. So, like, they're in every Animal Crossing game, there has been a Christmas event. Right. Um, and it's, like, most of the events are, like, pretty minimal. Like, not a right. whole lot goes on. Maybe that'll change with this one. Because, I mean, they really gave no details. They showed right. a, a single logo, again, yes. their, like, fifth game that they've shown a logo for and nothing else, but... The fact that they said 2019 makes me really hopeful that yes. it is actually going to come out in that year. And it, at least in theory, the way they have announced it, it will be a worldwide simultaneous release. I hope so. Which, I've never played one before. I... So it's weird, because people always ask me, like, well, why do you like Animal Crossing so much? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I, I can't quantify right. it. It is just something that I enjoy doing, because I find it to be very peaceful and, mm-hmm. like... You can't binge it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it depends on the time of day. Like, that is the time of day in the game. And it is real time. So it's like, I can't recommend to someone, like, hey, are you looking for a cool new game to play? Like, oh, yeah, Animal Crossing is really going to do it for you. Like, you kind of have to know what you're getting into. Yes. And it's like, it's definitely not for everyone. Like, I told Scott the other day. He was like, oh, yeah, people always talk about Animal Crossing. Should I get it? And I was like, the way you play games? Definitely not. 100% no. Because mm-hmm. it will just frustrate you that you can't do everything right away. And oh. then you'll get into, like, changing the clock, which, like, fucks up the game. And they try to, like, they have protections in place to make it so mm-hmm. you don't try to do that. And it just, like, it wouldn't work for him, I don't think. Right. But, like, for you, I actually do think that you would enjoy Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I I certainly do. And so it, it's just, I always found it to be fascinating. Right. I remember uh, we used to go on vacation in Maine with my family, and I remember getting the Nintendo Power issue where they first announced the Animal Crossing for GameCube, and I read that article, like, a thousand times, <laughs> like, front to back, like, over and over and over, and I was so hyped for that mm-hmm. game to come out, and I just ended up liking it way more than I ever thought I would, and I went back to play the original Animal Crossing recently, and, like, you can't do anything. So, like, I don't know what I was doing mm-hmm. for the, like, hundreds of hours i played it for i like did i just go around and talk to the same animals over and over again and then like fish because that's all you can really do Mm -hmm. and like the new ones have a lot more like you get haircuts you upgrade stuff the town develops over time um so yeah it's just weird I, i don't know what i saw in it back then because like that gamecube version is pretty bare bones and then, like, that's based off of the N64 one that only came out in Japan that was even more bare bones than that. Hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. I just, I just find it to be a very fascinating thing. Right. So was New Leaf the third, or was there one for, like, DS? Think. So technically there was one for N64. Oh, there was? Okay, yes. That was only in Japan. The one that came out here was for GameCube. And then the next one would have been Animal Crossing Wild World for the DS. Okay. And then... Animal Crossing City Folk for the Wii, and then New Leaf. Okay. So I think New Leaf would have been, like, technically the fifth one. Right. And from what I understand, like, basically, you start the game, you do a couple things, and then you're pretty much done for the day, right? Yes. So So especially in New Leaf, because 
you basically you move to the town you find out oops i'm the mayor now and uh you start off that first day you just have a tent to sleep in, not even a house and so you go to tom nook and he's like oh shit yeah we'll build you a house but you have to wait till the next day to actually have the house be there okay so it's like you can't really do anything or earn a ton of money mm-hmm. in that first day which kind of sucks yeah um but i mean you can go around you can meet all the neighbors you can look in there you can still buy stuff you can still catch fish do whatever it's just you don't really have anywhere to put your stuff right so it's like kind of a bummer especially if you're like looking to like get the game and like really hunger down and play yeah. it that day so like it didn't really get going until the second day and then there were a lot of things that like you can even the first animal crossing the more money you spend in tom nook shop it upgrades from this like shitty tiny shack to like a multi-story like 24 hour mm. department store and like that stuff even takes time like it would bum me out because it, it would start to upgrade and they'd be like oh it's closed for the day you can't go oh. to tom nook shop and you're like well motherfucker there goes my plans for Ooh, animal crossing right so that, that stuff kind of sucks but yeah i mean well, yeah that makes sense so i don't know but yeah, I, I'm very excited for Animal Crossing to yes. come out, and I'm trying to think of anything else from that Nintendo Direct that I thought was worthwhile. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of, I'm just going to mention this in passing. Final Fantasy 7, 9, 10, and 12 are coming out on the Switch. This makes sense. 11 is not there. It's an MMO. Whatever. It's a dead MMO. Right. I mean, people still play it, but like, it's not the new one. 14 is, and they're not going to put 14 out. I don't get what Square Enix... They have some personal vendetta against Final Fantasy VIII. They, like, will not release it again. Hmm. They, like, fully... Not fully, but they, like, upgraded Seven to have, like, you could fast-forward through battles and it had achievements and all of these cool features for the Steam version. Right. And they re-released that on PS4. They did the same thing with Nine, but they did not do it with Eight. They, like, re-put 8 out on Steam with Steam achievements, but, like, they didn't give it any of those upgrades, as far as I'm aware. It's just, so, yeah, man, 7, 9, 10, and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Man, FF8 gets a short end of the stick, and, like, I don't necessarily think it's, like, that great. Mm -hmm. And at the time, people were really upset that it wasn't more like Final Fantasy 7 after it was such a huge hit. But, like... It's pretty good still. Right. Like, for the PS1 JRPG, like, it's pretty good. It, I think 7 just, like... you that Talk about a rabid fan base. It's, it's <laughs> wild, but, like, yes. I still... 8 sold really well, okay? Right. Let's not get that confused. And it did really well, and people have fond memories of that game. And it's unique and interesting in its own way. I just don't get... Like, I right. don't get it. If you're gonna spend the money on 7 and 9... Why not do it with 8? And they've released the HD version of 10 on literally every platform that exists. Like, it is, it was on PS3, mm-hmm. uh, PS4, I, I think it might be even on Xbox One now. Right. And it's on Steam, mm-hmm. it's on the Switch, it's on the Vita. Like, it's on any fucking thing you can imagine. So the, when they announced that for Switch, I was like, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. You gotta get that money <laughs> any way you can, Square. You already had right. this, why not do it? Yes. And the thing, so that's just weird. They're not putting out Final Fantasy VIII, but whatever. Right. And then the thing that I also got really excited about was they're re-releasing the original Katamari Damacy on Switch and Steam. And so, uh, do you know what that is? No, I don't. It is one of my favorite game franchises of all time. And I remember when my best friend Calvin, he showed it to me, his cousin let him borrow it. And he's like, you gotta check this game out. You play as the Prince of All Cosmos... And you have this ball, and you basically roll the ball forwards in this like really weird control scheme. And anything that is smaller than the ball, it will pick up. 
Okay, so it's like, did we just talk about this last week? With last week, game? yeah, because okay. it's Donut County is very much okay. like pulling from that. And so it's cool that there's this. It's a remaster of the original game, and what I so like that's whatever. It's coming out on Switch. I can't wait to fucking play that game with mods from the Steam marketplace, <laughs> dude. Cause shit could get buck wild yeah. at any moment. I'm so hyped to see what just like the weirdest crazy shit people mod for Katamari Damacy. It's gonna be absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. And like that is weird because it's the original one on PS2, and for better or worse, that's the one they put out. Right. There have been a a couple iterations since then that I think would have been better to re-release. Cause like the the one that came out for PS3, I can't think of what it was called. It had levels from all of the previous ones in it and kind of improved mechanics. Okay. So, like, me, I would have chose that. Right. But I, I think most people have true nostalgia for the original. And maybe, who knows, Namco Bandai is weird. Maybe they'll just use that to gauge interest if people want a new one. Which yeah. Which I do. <laughs> um, but also if they're going to re-release the other ones. And right. I, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy it on Switch. I might not even buy it on Steam. I fucking own it already. Right. And all the other versions of it. So, like, I'd probably play those. But... I want to see the Steam Marketplace on that shit. So that's really cool. And yes. I can't think of anything else worth no, I, I a mean, lot for, that personally mattered to me that yeah. I can like recall. Yeah, I mean, I watched it, and the, the big thing was, as I said, the the Luigi's Mansion. And, and Animal Crossing, and yeah, Animal for Crossing. sure. And Smash Ultimate continues to yes. rage on. Yes. Isabel is the 68th character, so I think there will be at least two more. That's insane. I, because 68 is a weird number, I feel like, for them to be like, yeah, we're good now. <sighs> and there's still too many months leading up for them to have announced the last character. Yeah, I mean, but... Hmm. It all depends on how they have the, the screen, I guess. You know, the, the menu screen for all the characters. I have not seen it. Right. Yeah, and people thought that they were done last time because they right. added all those characters to the mural. Mm-hmm. That mural is going to be wild. It is, yes. And <laughs> I, I don't know where they added Isabel. But... Do you think there's going to be DLC characters after? Oh, I do. Okay. Well. But I, you know, who knows? I'm really curious because, like, that many characters, I don't think it's going to be balanced that well. Oh, no. So but like, they are, to be fair to them, they are trying. Like, the balance yes. changes and stuff that they tweet about and show, like, it sounds good on paper. Don't know how well it's going to work in I, practice. I, yeah, I'm not shitting on it. I'm, yeah, like, yeah. for the way we play it, like, it'll be It fine. won't matter. Yeah, but, right. yeah, in a competitive sense, like, the way Bayonetta was broken before. Right. They have, like, talked a lot about how they are nerfing her for that. But mm-hmm. then I feel like some other character is going to come up and be, oh, like, yeah. stupid. Yes. So I, it all depends. I mean, there's always like some like S tier character. Oh yes. But then people get good enough to get around it. Whereas mm-hmm. like most of the time in Smash Four with Bayonetta, you couldn't really get around it. So as long as there is not one character like that that is like head and shoulders above the right. rest, I feel like it'll be fine. In an ideal scenario, if there's like fifteen, at least fifteen competitive characters, that's probably enough for. Yeah, like all I care about is seeing any amount of character variety right. if I'm watching a tournament. Yes. Of it. Yes. And, like, yeah, if we're just dicking around playing Smash, I don't give a shit how oh, strong yeah, they yeah. are. It's just, like, whatever, man. I'm Charizard. Now. Yeah, you're going to pick the character that you like. <laughs> that you most. think is cool. Yeah. yeah, so Princess Peach, always. But, <laughs> yeah, I Nintendo, I think, is going to have a really good 2019. Yes. Because, I, I in theory, they should release a new Pokemon game yes. for Switch, and there will be Animal Crossing. And, like, if that's it, I don't give a shit. 
that's going to be awesome regardless yeah, of that's, what that's, else happens that year. Like, those are two huge games that people have been wanting for a long time right. on the Switch, so I think it'll be good. Yes. I mean, I've been wanting a Pokemon on on a console forever, and it's finally going to happen. Yeah, man. I still, Pokemon Coliseum, top notch. Hey, I mean, I liked the stadium. and you know. Oh, Coliseum had its own plot, man. Right. It was, I, Coliseum, I think, is the best console Pokemon, hands down, right. out of what exists out there. Yeah, so which, far. I mean, there's. There's not a lot. Not to that from. Pokemon Stadium One, Pokemon Stadium Two, Battle Revolution, Coliseum, and XD. Right, and not it. including any like Hey You Pikachu. No, I, like I'm that. including like actual Pokemon yes. RPG, same battle yes. mechanics stuff. Uh, so yeah, was there any other news? Uh yes, the the PS One Classic. Oh yeah, I pre-ordered that. Oh, you did? Yeah, I don't know why I did it. I was gonna ask if you were going. Like, so if you I don't, were interested I in don't this. think that I should. Pre- I think no. I might cancel it before it comes out. So this is my this is my personal thought. The five games they announced so far, I I don't want to get into my feelings on Final Fantasy VII. I think right. it is like so overrated. Even though it's still really good, I yes. think people blow it's out of proportion in a way that is whatever. That's that's not what's important. Yeah. So I don't really care about that. I also own it a hundred different ways. I can play that game literally anywhere. I don't need to spend a hundred dollars. Right. No one needs to spend a hundred dollars to play Final Fantasy VII. Shit is like always on sale for five dollars on PS4 and mm-hmm. Steam. Like just go do that. But the other ones, Wild Arms, right? Very good JRPG as well. Um, it's just interesting. It's like a Wild mm-hmm. West type thing. It's pretty cool. Um, and I Jumping Flash, right? Which is not great it's like you play as this rabbit and it's like a mech. Right. i don't know tekken 3 yes which fuck yeah also i own the playstation 1 disc of tekken 3 right so i could just do that i could just play that i can't think of what the fifth game is. it was a racing game oh was it it wasn't gran turismo no it was some racing game that i i is it jet moto no it was like realistic cars interesting did you yes and i i put this on here wondering more like one if you would be interested in it because you never had a playstation i didn't but i own a lot of playstation one games and after like after the fact i came to play them a lot of them did you play them backwards compatible once you got a ps2 or no well so no i was playing them semi-illegally uh i was using a playstation one emulator Oh. But I was buying the actual discs. Right. Because the emulators could read those. So, like, I own Tekken 3, I own mm-hmm. Chrono Cross, I own Final Fantasy 9, I own Final Fantasy 7, 8. Like, I, I own a lot of those, like, JRPG classics that people consider. Right. Um, and so, like, I played a lot of those games. Like, mm-hmm. I also played Crash Bandicoot at friends' houses. Like, I right. have seen Spyro. I don't think it's that great. But, like, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, so I played a lot of these games. And my thing with the PlayStation 1 Classic is I love JRPGs, right? Right. And the PlayStation 1 has one of the best libraries of good JRPGs ever, period, I think. Like, Xenogears, Chrono Cross, fucking Wild Arms... Like, all of these games, they rule. And, and like, they're very good, and they're huge, beefy games. Breath of Fire 3, Breath of Fire 4. Uh, there are so many. Right. And so my thing is, if I could make a top 20 list of games for a PlayStation 1 Classic, every single one would be a JRPG, pretty much. That is not what Sony will put on this no. thing. And so, since they already announced two in the first fucking five out of 20, mm-hmm. I'm nervous that there will be no more. So my thing is, if they keep going, if they announce Suikoden 2 for it, 
I will keep my pre-order. Okay. Or if they announce Xenogears for it, I will keep my pre-order. Because if I was going to buy a copy of either of those games, I would spend about $100. And so, like, also the only way that I could play Xenogears now uh, is if I which I do own Mm -hmm. the PlayStation one classic on PS three. Okay. And like, I don't want to fucking play that on my PS three anymore. Right. So whatever. So they have 15 other games to announce and I have a feeling that it will be like crash one. Do you think they're going to add crash? I think they will add at least one crash bandicoot game. And I really hope to God it's the second one, but I don't think that will happen. So, like, if they were going to do, like, big, big things that people remember from the PlayStation 1, I think they will get the original Tomb Raider. Okay. I Which they probably, IDOS would mm-hmm. probably, or yeah. Square Enix will probably be like, yeah, sure, whatever. We'll license that. It adds to our brand. Because they already did Final Fantasy VII, right? right so you right. know they're willing to license for it. And that's my other thing is I feel like most good games that people remember are Squaresoft games. They're not just going to load this shit with like 30 squares or 20 no. Squaresoft games. So I'm worried that they already peaked with Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I do think they fucked up because they're definitely not going to have Ape Escape. Which, okay, so that this is where I was going to get to with my okay. whole thing. Is because like games people remember playing and liking on the PS1, like Crash Bandicoot 1 was right. the only one that didn't have a dual shock. So, like, Crash 2 and Crash 3, that was analog control. Mm. I believe Spyro 2 and Spyro 3 also were analog control. See, I don't even know if I didn't have... I might have always had the analog. Most people did. I don't know if I started with, like, the non-analog. And so, like, Gran Turismo, I believe 1 and 2 were both on PS1. Those also used analog control. Ape Escape, analog control. Because that was the first one. And that is what I would love for Ape Escape, to be honest. So what my hope is, is that this is, like, a mock-up, and they realize, like, oh, shit, we have to have the original DualShock and not just that D-pad. Because I was even thinking about this from a Final Fantasy VII standpoint. That game will suck shit to play with just a Mm D-pad. Because it has full 3D movement. Right. Well, I was also thinking, like, if they set it up in a way that you could just use your DS4 controller, who cares? Uh, Yeah, right? So I I hope that they do add analog control. Because, Mm -hmm. like, if it's 15 other just ps1 games that you right. only needed the d-pad for like do i want that right so i think it, but for me specifically i think if they put suikoden 2 or xenogears on there i will keep it right and a handful of other things like it depends what it adds up to i pre-ordered it just in case because mm-hmm. that way i have one and then right. if they announce these other games and i'm like who cares then i can just cancel it because mm-hmm. i did it on amazon so it's not that big a deal they're really trying to get in on that sweet cash grab yeah. of the SNES Classic, and like it feels kind of shitty in a way that is like, mm, really, Sony? I, but... You know what they're doing, but if if they create a good list, no one's gonna care that much. No, like... and like t- to be fair, this is me personally. People want an N sixty four Classic. Yes, I personally say fuck that. I would way rather a PlayStation One Classic, personally. Because there were way more things that I right. personally gave a shit about on the PS1 Classic. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Ocarina of Time. I love Mario 64, the original Smash. Mario Party. I do not love many <laughs> other things on the N64, and I stand by that. People would eat the shit out of that, too. Yeah, yeah. But I personally would way rather play a PlayStation right. than a Classic. And it's just... Yeah, because like now people our age especially will yes. jump all over oh, this yes, shit. Yes. Especially if they're not savvy enough to be like, oh, I can buy all these games piecemeal for like fucking five bucks a piece on the PS3 and some of them on the PS4. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, no. There's no PS1 classics on the No, PS4. it's all PS2, I think. Fucking man, Sony. Because yeah. I own a lot of those. You can put them on the Vita. That's cool. I, I own a lot of PS1 classics. Um, I, a game that I really want is Tony Hawk, because I had that. But... That would be unbelievable, but I bet they would have to relicense all the music, that's so it will say. never happen. That's my main draw yeah, for yeah. that shit. Those games formed most of what my musical taste still <laughs> and currently is. Yes. I... Ska and pop punk, man. It... You and I, I feel like with video games, we... We both like video games, but we have very different interests. Yeah. Movies, very different interests, yeah. pretty much. TV shows, very different interests. But music, you and I are Yeah, very, very similar. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk is... I, yes. Man, if they put Tony if they put Tony Hawk 2 on there, I will I will get it just for that shit. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, I played one more than two. Mm, I played two a lot. And the PlayStation 1 version, way better than the N64 version. So if that's the case... Mm -hmm. mm. I wouldn't know because I only played the PS1 version. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I I am interested in it, but it depends what it becomes. Right. Yes. And I I feel like that's a really bad strategy to only announce those five games. (sighs) It creates intrigue at least but does it though because like if you are someone who is looking at that and you see those five games and you're like i don't give a shit then you might not even think about it again but pre-order it like if they had announced all 20 of those games i bet they would have had way more pre-orders see i don't know because then like when you think about all the media outlets what are they doing right now they're creating. They're creating fucking stupid lists of what they believe like what we just did want to know what they want but they don't. That didn't have to happen. You no, know what no, I mean. I, and like I, people would still be talking about it regardless. Right. And people would be getting hype. Oh, Medieval. That's another game that will definitely be on this thing. See, I, what I'm wondering is maybe they don't have the list completed yet, and they're, they're because they're still trying to license games. They're trying to either license games or they're trying to get a feel for the market. Maybe I don't know. Actually, That's, you know what I would think was hilarious if this thing has the PS1 version of fucking Chrono Trigger on it, mm-hmm. but they didn't even license it for the Super Nintendo Classic. <laughs> that will be top-notch for me personally. But it's just, yeah, like, if if they're still... I, they already licensed a Squaresoft game, so, like, you know that they are able to do that, so if right. you had other ones, why wouldn't you announce those? Unless you're just trying to create some weird bullshit intrigue that... I guess in theory drives interest, but I feel like uh, yeah, it actually just, hurts them at this early stage. I, the one another thing that I've been kind of wondering is like, how are the load screens going to be with this? Are they oh, they're going like, to emulate the shit out of that, just like every PS One emulator still emulates the weird hitching from loading CDs. Right. It will be the same thing mm-hmm. because they're going to use the same fucking emulator that they use on the PS Three. Yeah, it's just going to be in a box. That's going to be rough. It is rough. <laughs> so get ready. Everybody loves load times. Oh, you know what's probably going to be also is Resident Evil. Yeah. So like uh, now that I think about it, if I was thinking of games that will definitely be on there, some Crash Bandicoot game, some Spyro game, Medieval, because those are all first party Sony releases right. at that time, Crash Team Racing, mm-hmm. and GTA. Oh, GTA 1 and 2 though? I don't know. I feel like those were pretty big back in the day. They were, but they were not as big as when 3 came out on PS2. Like, that's no, when that yes. series really blew up. Maybe. I know people who had GTA 1. I think it's going to be rough going back to GTA 1. And so, like, I would also bet a Gran Turismo, 
And well, Gran Turismo is going to be so easy, I assume. And, and so, like, you will say the same thing with Medieval. Like, they did all these things, and like, so that's another five games, and then the, they have another half to go. Like, they could easily fill it with classic PS One games that right. people remember, especially if they just get like, man, here's Crash One, Two, and Three, just, and Spyro One and Two. I just don't know if, like, if they had Spyro. That a new Spyro's coming out this year. It is, and it's a remaster it's of a re- that game, right. which so will be better. So, which, like, exactly. I get that, but people will be nostalgic for the original. But then they're and gonna... then you could put it side by side and be like, "Whoa, check out how actually good the new yes. one is." So I, I don't know. Yeah, that's. What, I mean, people are gonna make those videos fucking regardless. Oh so yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> I just, yeah, that's one thing that I, I've been kind of wondering is, will they even bother with Spyro, or they, will they bother with Crash Bandicoot? I think they have to bother with Crash at least. I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, like, I don't think Crash is going to get people as excited as it would have oh, been. Gotten. Crash Bash! Right. That would be sick, too. All right, I'm back on board with this. <laughs> I'm just keeping my pre-order. I mean, that would make more sense to me, like, the... the, the Crash Bash and Crash Racer. Team Racing are dope. Right. So I, those would be good to have. I mean, I think Crash... I know Crash Team Racing was a PS1 classic. I don't know if Crash Bash was. Also, I bet Crash Bash sucks if you played it today. That I don't know. Like, worse Mario Party. <laughs> I bet that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in it. Right. To a degree. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like they have to add analog sticks to that fucking controller. Or at least give the ability to play with, like, DualShock. Uh, DualShock or so. Yeah, because, yeah, I guess those look like they're wired, but, like, are they actually... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who who knows? And it, it was on display at TGS, so I hopefully that's just like a prototype type mm-hmm. deal. Um, but yeah, it comes out in a couple months, so we'll at least know right. more games later. Yeah, I'm sure they'll probably like PlayStation ex- Experience or something. They'll probably we'll probably announce, announce it all. the rest of them. Yeah. So right. I mean, that's pretty much that wraps up the news segment. So yeah. then we'll probably move into the games that we've been playing. Uh, I I think now's probably a good point to just point out that the second half of this podcast, we're going to be doing a special uh, Spider-Man spoiler cast. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Spider-Man in general right. like at first, and then we'll get, we'll say like, hey, we're going to talk about spoilers now, right. and then we'll go we'll go from there. So we we both played Spider-Man. Right. Should we maybe do like the brief in this first part, and then just say like. We're doing spoilers for all of part two and, like, not even worry about it. I guess. It. Uh, if you want to do that. Yeah, that, that works, too. So right. Do you want to talk about the rest of the games first before we talk about Spider-Man, then? Uh, yes, and then we'll then we'll yeah. say, like, okay, now we're getting into spoiler yeah, yeah, territory. Yeah. So, uh, this week, I've played a few more games than you, kind of. Actually, we've pretty much played only about the same. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Uh, You've played two, and I've really played, like, two yeah. and a quarter. So you so. were playing Yakuza Kiwami 2 for the past couple weeks, and you yes. beat that. Yes, I yes. finally finished that up. Uh, that game, it dips in the middle, and then oh, that... Oh, they all do. Yes, they all do. <laughs> yeah. That is... And you're just like, this is this is getting a little boring, a little tedious. Yeah, but then it really pops off oh, at the yeah, end, yeah. always, <laughs> as always. Everybody's getting shot, or just oh. everything is happening. I, it's so hard not to talk about this I game because like, I can't wait to play it. Yes. I'm very excited. Once it's, Dragon Quest is over, I will get to it. Which that'll be like November. Yeah, like never. <laughs> so cool. But holy shit! Like, just get excited because 
I was already excited. People always told me that Yakuza 2 was the best one mm, before Zero came out. Right. I would put this on par with Zero. Okay. I would actually say the final chapter gets crazier than, like, anything that happens in Zero. Nice. Uh... Kiwami, like, looking back, nothing overly crazy Not really, no. And especially in the beginning, seems like it's trying to be a lot more self-serious. I think 2 is where Yakuza really became what Yakuza is now. It's hard, because, like, I know they went back... I only played Kiwami, and I know they went back and they put Majima... They added that Majima stuff? Yeah, like, he's basically just in, like, that first scene, I think, where Mm -hmm. he beats the shit out of the dude with the umbrella. Right. And then he, like, doesn't really appear after that, other than that one boss fight, I think. He was actually that boss fight. But other than that, like, the Majima Everywhere system, like, yeah, they added that stuff, but I feel like you can... It was also some, like, famous crime novel writer... That, like, worked on the original mm-hmm. Yakuza. And so, like, I feel like they were taking it a lot more seriously yes. than the rest of them. Where they were like, alright, we can get pretty goofy with this. <laughs> also, like, over-the-top bullshit crazy. In Majima... As the game gets dipping, that's when kind of Majima starts appearing more. Because, like, he doesn't appear for probably the first six or seven chapters. But, like, every time he is in a scene, like, he just steals that scene. It is... <laughs> I, at one point, which video games rarely make me laugh, I just burst out laughing with, with just his antics. Yeah. So, that he just, yes. Majima is fantastic. And that final chapter, holy shit. It, it just goes down in a way that... I, there's not a lot I can say without spoiling, but just buckle up, Manny. Because yeah, that's going to be a fun time. I always, I'm always ready for some Yakuza. Yes. So, uh... Which that I mean that is just a remaster, so I mean that. But so if you like Yakuza, that's definitely a game that you got to play because I, I would say it is on par with Zero. Okay, that's cool. Yes. So you've been playing, as you said, Dragon Quest. Yeah, I pretty much only played Spider Man. I I played literally all there is to play of Spider Man and Dragon Quest. So I haven't had as much time to play Dragon Quest as I wanted. Now I'm like forty hours in, so I had more time now. Um. I had been trying to reach the pivotal halfway point where I know that there is, like, a drastic shift. And it really was annoying because Scott got there and then just Mm -hmm. kept, like, fucking with me about it. And so I finally got there, and I the plot twist that I saw in my head originally was the actual Mm. thing that happens. And... It was weird because, like, I... Because everyone talked about the second half in such a way, I was like, oh... Like, I kept thinking about the huge, grandiose things that right. never could happen. I was trying to think of the most outlandish thing. And there was a scene right before the plot twist happens, and I was like, oh, I was right the first time. Like, it's exactly what I thought it was, but it's still really cool and really well done. I think that they do a really good job in general. Like, it just... There's a lot of content, but I think the game flows really well, and it is just, like, that classic JRPG-style there's so much content. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like 40 hours in and I'm a little over halfway. Um, I think you can do the second half a lot faster than the first half. Okay. Because you just are a higher level and you right. know the whole world by that point. So you don't have to like spend time like looking around for something or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of slow turn-based battles. I enjoy it, the strategy of it mm. and things like that. It's still... It's like classic JRPGs almost to a fault. Right. Like, if you don't like that style, you're sure as shit not going to like it now. This mm-hmm. doesn't, like, do anything to shake up the formula. But, like, this game shows that, like, 
you don't necessarily have to drastically change a formula. Like, sometimes if a game is good, mm-hmm. it's just good. Right. Like, it, it is a JRPG, classic JRPG to a fault, but it is a good one. Right. And so, like, sometimes I just want that, and, like, it doesn't, like, do anything, like, out of the box or, like, changing the series in any way. It just mm-hmm. does what it does, and it does it well. And I, I like that. Now, is it is it linear, or is it more... Is it, like, open world, or is it more linear? It's half and half, so... Is oh. it kind of like Final Fantasy fifteen, where it was like linear but not really? Or so sort of the thing that Final Fantasies used to do is you and most old JRPGs is you would walk out of a town and you'd be like kind of zoomed out on like a small overworld, kind of like when we're playing Chrono Trigger, like that. Right. But Dragon Quest, I don't know if it was like that before eight because I didn't really play anything before eight on right. PS two. But it is all an interconnected world. Okay, and like you can just use a spell to zoom to any previous town you had been in. Um, but then, like, you get a boat, and then, like, you see the whole world like it's a map. So, like, everything is actually interconnected, so it's kind of linear in that way. Okay. But there are, like, optional side areas to explore that are, like, pretty vast, and you don't necessarily have to go to the same area. Like, when you get the boat, it opens up a bunch of, like, extra islands Mm -hmm. that don't have cities on them, and you can just explore those and things like that. So it's... It's linear for a little bit of the ways, but most JRPGs are like that. They're linear up to a certain point, and mm-hmm. then they really open up, and you can do a whole bunch of different stuff. Right. And, like, this does the same. Okay. Same sort of deal. But, yeah, it's just, it's good, and I will continue to play it and enjoy it very much. Yeah, it's a game that I've been kind of going back and forth if I'm going to pick it up, because, like, I don't know if I have the patience to sit through the whole thing. And some of the parts are pretty slow, so mm-hmm. if you're not, like, super interested in the plot and the characters, like, it probably won't draw you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, like pretty like standard jrpg fare like the main character is like the chosen one who's gonna banish the darkness you know right and that's like literally what mm-hmm. he is they call him the fucking luminary so like he's gonna light the darkness you right. know what i mean and like that's yeah yeah i've been wondering if maybe i should pick up final fantasy 15 because that may be a little bit more my style i don't know maybe so yeah that's a possibility yeah so that's all i've really been playing on spider-man spider-man so yeah uh, the one game that I really wanted to talk about was Quantum Break mm-hmm. because I, it's a very interesting game which you'd never played. You only I did. Heard, and I saw something. Heard stuff about it. It's it's a weird game that they really tried something unique. Uh, there's the the TV show, and then there's also the game aspect to it, and the two aren't as connected as you would think they are. But isn't that the whole? purpose it's so you start out it's i don't know the actor's name but he's the guy who's in x-men yeah he's Iceman. Iceman, right so like that's the main character and then like another main character is the guy charlie from the tv show lost isn't also someone a hobbit he's the hobbit okay yes, yes, same, same thing okay, yeah, those yeah. two are brothers oh okay and the 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 guy who's the Hobbit. Do uh, they look like they would be brothers? No, and okay. they're not even. That's no, what I thought. They, no, it, but it, whatever. They the one even has an, a little bit of an accent still. It, Jeez, it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, he's a scientist, and he's like messing around with like uh, like a time machine. So he, they're kind of messing around with time, and so he, so then he's working with a the evil scientist i i can't remember where this actor where i'd seen him before but essentially they they hit a point where time starts breaking down because they messed up with the 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 time machine 
and then you, the main character, the Iceman, <laughs> he gets like these special abilities, which in the game is a lot of fun. Uh, you basically, there's four basic abilities. You get like some dash run where you can run really fast and basically time stops around you as you're running. You get this time ability where you kind of like shoot this like time bomb and then there's this this sphere and inside that sphere the the character or the npc or whatever can't move so you shoot that sphere and then like they're stuck and then you can shoot at the sphere the bullets will hit the sphere and then after a couple seconds the sphere will disappear and then it just like shoot and then they're dead so is like you have those abilities but it's just it's a third person shooter right yes okay yes so like so <clears throat> and then another ability is you get this like basically time wall that just blocks all bullets and then there's another fourth one that's a dash but i never really use the dash because i found that the run to be better you just kind of run and then it then after you stop running like there's a little bit of time that's still moving slow because then so then you can just headshot people and move on so like it once with the combat once things kind of got rolling and you unlocked everything it was a really fun combat because i i just enjoy third person shooters in general yeah so this was just uh you know once you get that rhythm with the three abilities or the three abilities that i was using it, it was a very enjoyable combat system but then you'd kind of get going with the combat system and then there was a lot of just kind of exploration around the world and jumping and it, that all kind of reminded me of uncharted to the point where they had like yellow markers saying like oh, hey go yeah. here it so then you would kind of go around the world and then you'd run into these bad guys and you'd have to shoot them so it was just like uncharted in that sense but then like it would cut to the TV show and the TV show had pretty much all new characters that didn't really show up in the game cool <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. So it was just see. So then you watch this show that is somewhat connected to the game, but not really because the main characters in the show are not the main characters in the game. And so the show does a better job of making you care about the characters. It, I don't know. It, it's a very interesting game. It's a they had potential, but I just don't understand the thought process of you have these actors that are well-known movie actors, and then you don't use them in the TV show. So I, I feel like that is an issue that happens with a lot of Remedy games. Is mm -hmm. like they are really cool, yes, like in concept, and then like in execution, they don't really work out that well. Like personally, I think Max Payne one and two are mm -hmm. dope. Like right. well, the the basically the progenitors of bullet time like from the matrix and things like that like it's just you slow down time and yes. you bullet dodge and all that shit like those are both cool good games right but then like the other one that i can think of is alan wake and like people really like that game for its plot and stuff but like the way you like would shine the light to kill the enemies like it just wasn't it ceased to be a fun mechanic at a certain right. point right so I, their new game which the name of is escaping me Oh, yes. It's another one where you, like, mess around yeah, with time, isn't it? and, like, maybe they, like, learned lessons from Quantum Break, and it's going to be, like, really dope. Right. At least I hope so. I, I hope every Remedy game is cool. Like, I feel like they always really swing for the fences with their stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, it just stops just shy of the... Uh... 
Yeah, and the mark. A lot of people bash Quantum Break. I don't think it's bad. Like when you play it, it is a lot of fun to play. And yeah. then, like as I said, the the uh, the TV show was interesting. It could be, but the two just weren't connected that well. I mean, it was just basically the main villain, and then uh, I hate calling him this, but it's that black guy that's in. He's in Horizon Zero Dawn. He's in Destiny. Keith David. No, is it Keith David? I don't know. Okay, that, that's I. He's the main. He's like kind of like the villain in Horizon, and then I guess I didn't get that mm-hmm. far in Horizon. Okay, but I'm pretty sure Keith David is in Destiny too. He is definitely the black guy, and he's like he's got that like iconic voice. It's probably Keith mm-hmm. David. I don't know. I have not seen. Right. So, so. It, it as I said, just so strange because like. I don't understand the thought process of not having it all be the same characters. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> weird, but I don't know, man. So it, I just kind of watched it, and I was like, man, I really care about Liam, but he doesn't show up once in the game. Aww. And then the main character in the game doesn't show up like once. He call, He shows up once, and it was a quick phone call where somebody called him, and it was maybe a five-second conversation. And that was it. Cool. It just yes, and it, it it's a short game. It's I I think I looked it up and it I played maybe eleven or twelve hours and I okay. beaten the whole thing because uh, Xbox does that really cool thing where they really track a lot of statistics that I I do like that about yeah, Xbox. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Quantum Break, yes, I I did want to talk about that some because I know you haven't played it. Uh, no. Yeah. Probably knew very little about it. Cause... Yeah, I knew Iceman was in it mm-hmm. and time stuff. Right? Yes, it's you... spoiler. You do fix time. Time doesn't stop. Okay, cool. Yes, I'm glad. And so you also played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And that's what I'm playing now. Okay. Um... So my first question is: This game got railed in reviews in a way that I didn't really get. <sighs> I it's hard for me to say because like okay I'm, but like from from your general impressions like those first two games reviewed generally very ger- well generally right well, yeah does this feel like markedly different it doesn't feel different it does feel less polished okay it is a different team it's it is not a, Crystal Dynamics it's, it's a different Ubisoft team Montreal or yes not IDOS, IDOS Montreal Jeez. right they have so many Montreal studios happening. yes it feels less polished. And from what I understand, uh, some people are really bashing the fact that uh, I don't really understand. It seems like the story, people just don't like the story. So uh, a friend of mine is also playing it. And they said that Laura just seems like a terrible person. I don't know how far they are. It was basically like there was people needed to evacuate from some area, and the person that she is with is like, we should help them evacuate, and she's like, nah, fuck that, we're leaving, and he was pretty upset about that. Oh, yes, because Jonah is like, he's the... He's kind of like her partner, and he's throughout all of it. Yeah, yeah. He, Jonah's a very likable character. See, it's a complicated because it's not just that she wanted to leave just to be like, fuck that. Uh, she's fighting Trinity. So Everyone's favorite Matrix character. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Trinity is like the evil organization. Of course, so that's she, the name of the evil organization. Yes. So she's worried that Trinity's going to get to this area first and like 
destroy the world. Okay. So she's like, oh, I got to get over here. I got to I gotta fix this problem. And Jonah's like, look, we will take care of that. But right now, these people need our help. Okay. So she's thinking more big picture where Jonah yeah, was like thinking like that, right the now. People right there. I got you. Uh, so it, it isn't necessarily where she's a bad person. She, And that is the other thing. She's like... In the cutscenes, they depict her as kind of unsure of herself a little bit. But then when you're playing the game, you're just like gruesomely... Snapping people's necks yes. and gruesomely killing them. Yes. yes. And also, so like, this is supposed to be the end of the trilogy. Yes. Where at the end of this one, she should actually be the Tomb Raider that yes. we all used to know from the original games. But also, I just read an article that the person who portrays her is like, nah, I think I'm done after this one. So I don't know. I I have no idea what they're yes they're they're gonna do. And from what I hear, the word I heard to describe the end of the game was bananas. Uh, but yeah, but so like I'm okay, okay, but about like you could, so the way people are describing it mm. or that I have seen like in passing is that it's kind of similar to like the ending of Uncharted Three, mm-hmm. where it is like more supernatural and weird than it probably should be. But like so was two, right? Is two was weird, and also the start of the game. Is like you 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 go to a tomb and you like pick up some dagger, and that's what triggers like the apoc uh, the uh, the Mayan apocalypse. Okay. So you're trying to stop the Mayan apocalypse, and that's why like that flooding was happening in that that you heard about. So like, right off the bat, yes, that's like all supernatural. Which okay, uh, the... which like that's fine. I I just like I it seems so strange to me that people are like, kind of picking this one apart mm-hmm. in a way that they did not for the last one. The last one was very forgettable. You play it, it's enjoyable, and it's forgettable. I'm wondering if this one is just the gameplay is a little less enjoyable because it is just less. The third time or something. It's the third time and it's the least polished, which you always want to see like games improving. Yeah, and it just isn't really. It's hard to say because like one thing that I really do like about this is they've taken an emphasis away from combat. There is a lot less combat and there's more exploration. Okay. And then there's also just, like, more puzzles, it seems. And the puzzles are all very well done. I, okay. I genuinely do love the puzzles. I would say they're potentially better than Uncharted puzzles. Okay. Interesting. Can you turn them off? No, but you can make it easy. Okay. Nice. Because you, I don't know if you've seen the difficulty settings with the no, game. No, I haven't. I was just... In Spider-Man, you can literally turn off the puzzle. Yes. So I was like, oh, that's a weird option. Now I'm going to ask that about every game because, like... <laughs> Yeah, do you want to take away a huge major game mechanic? Okay. I'm not getting yeah. into that, yeah. but I, <laughs> I did turn those off. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> now I'm curious. Okay. So, but no, but like with with uh, Tomb Raider, it has the three difficulty settings. There's, uh, you choose the combat difficulty, easy, medium, hard. You choose the puzzle difficulty, easy, medium, hard. And then you can also choose the exploration difficulty quote-unquote yeah it's so like it just makes it more obvious where you need to go so you can choose easy medium hard i I did combat medium puzzles i'm doing medium and so like the puzzles what when you do the click in the the right stick you know that's the prototypical video game like sense or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah. uh so when she does that she kind of like speaks out loud and gives a little hint of what you need to do if it's on easy, she basically tells you exactly what to do. Medium, it's a little vague, and then hard, I'm guessing, like, I don't know. But I'm guessing, like, you know nothing. Yeah. And then uh, for the exploration, I am playing on easy, just because one thing I hate about video games is just going, like, where am I supposed to go next? I hate just 
standing around just trying to figure out where I'm see, supposed to I, jump I next. I love that, so okay. I would probably pick the possible hardest possible exploration. See, the one thing about this game, another thing that it feels weird and it's hard to explain, you know how in Uncharted there are some jumps that just feel like, you're like, I don't know if I can make this yes, jump. Yes, all the time. This game is full of that. Like, every, oh, single, cool, great. every single jump, you're like, can I make this jump? I I guess I'll try it. So I'm dying a lot with that as well, because, like, I'm having a hard time just being like, eh, I don't know if I can make this jump. Nice. It, so, yeah. It, so I would definitely say the biggest issue is it's less polished. Okay. Because, yeah, I, the reviews were, like, weirdly savage when I was looking at that, and I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like, like it's getting, like, 70s, which yeah, I probably Yeah, like, I saw something that were, like, also way lower than that, and mm. it's just, like, I don't... I don't know, because those right. first two were so good. Like, I didn't personally play them, but people right. I know, like you especially, like, really like those. Yeah. So I just thought it was, like, very strange that it was getting such low scores. I'm still enjoying it, so, like, yeah. I, I don't take, like, what I'm saying as no, like, I'm I, not liking I, it. Yeah, I, I just, I, I find it to be very weird that it is like mm-hmm. that. But, I, I mean, things like that happen. Right. There's, like, series fatigue and stuff, and maybe putting them out this fast in succession is... Oh, uh, yeah, well, the... The first one was at 2013? Maybe. So, like, it, maybe it just seems like they came out in rapid succession because... I, I don't know. Because I think it was 2013, 2016, and then there was one 2017 because there was it came that... Out again. Because it was that timed exclusive. Yeah. And then this one, with it being the third one, being a different studio, which, not to shit on Eidos Montreal, but I don't think they're as good as Crystal Dynamics. That's probably true. But, I mean, this kind of makes me excited, because if Crystal Dynamics has prioritized Marvel... Well, they definitely have prioritized that Avengers game, 100%. So, like, I I think if they're working on that and they're prioritizing that, I think that'll be a very good game. So. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we both played a lot of Spider-Man. Yes. And so you said you wanted to start with what we didn't like about it, so that way we could just talk about... Uh, well, did positives. you want to just do a little brief of... Did you want to, or just say like, okay, now we're getting to spoiler territory here? Yeah. So if, like, let's just talk about Spider-Man in general, and right. then when we actually get to spoiler territory, we'll say, okay. hey, don't listen right. to the rest of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess I guess if starting with the one complaint that's definitely not a spoiler, the puzzles, which we had talked about. So, I, what are the puzzles? Like those two, the fucking battery thing and the other thing. The battery thing, and then the the towers. Oh, that's not even really a puzzle. That's not a puzzle, but that is considered a puzzle in the game. Okay, I didn't mind any of those because I feel like they're so benign that it just doesn't matter. But that's kind of, it was just kind of like a waste of time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially when you're like in the middle of a mission and it's like, hey, do this battery. You're mm-hmm. like, I guess. So like, yes, which you can just go into a settings and turn off puzzles. And it's just those two things. And then you just push a button, you push R1, and it like just solves it, and you're done. Nice. You don't get punished for it, not doing it. It huh. just... Can you do that to get the experience points and the research tokens? I don't know. I never went back to do the research tokens. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because, yeah, those ones in the lab, you can do those. I wonder if you can just push mm-hmm. R1 to solve those. I don't know, because like, I, I just kind of focused on the main story mm. uh, more... I mean, I still, like, by the end of the game, I was, like, level 43. Which, is there a level cap in the game? It's 50. 50, okay, so. 
Um, so yeah, the thing that really drove me nuts was, I think this game is great. Right. Like I love traveling, and I like I like the story for the most part. Mm-hmm. The side missions were all so not great. And that's a big reason why, like, I unlocked that one for catching the pigeons. So people hated that one. That's the easiest one. Mm -hmm. There is, like, no challenge to that. Like, you get anywhere near the pigeon and you can hold L1 and R1. Mm -hmm. The things that I more hated was, like, there are research stations on top of some buildings. Yes. The fucking one where you have to swing through the clouds of smog or whatever the fuck it was... That almost made me not want... That was the first research station the, yeah. I did, and I, like, didn't want to do anymore because I thought they were all that. And I was like, yo, there's no fucking way I'm doing mm-hmm. this all. Yeah, I, I unlocked that narratively because you think you have to. You do, yeah. And then I was just like, I'm not going to touch these anymore. So some of them were kind of fun, mm-hmm. but, like, they also don't really serve any plot purpose. Right. So, like, some of the side activities are okay. Like, I think finding the backpacks is okay, mm-hmm. and at least it has an interesting payoff, because in each backpack there is, like, a piece of Spider-Man history that you can yes. view. But some of them just have, like, fucking no payoff whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there is um, one where you have to... This isn't that much of a spoiler, really. Black Cat leaves these dolls around that you have to right. take pictures of. There is almost no payoff to that whole fucking thing. Like, at the end, it's basically just like, ooh, man, remember when we announced the first DLC pack? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this just seems like a huge ad for this DLC. And, like, that sucks. Right. I think, because, like, there's just not really any good payoff. And, like, sure, you get, like, suits and stuff for doing some of these things, but, like... It's not actually that worth right. it to do a lot of the stuff. And, like, the random crimes that happen, mm-hmm. like, combat is okay, but, like, do trying to sit there and f- have crimes randomly spawn mm-hmm. when you have to do, like, 30 more crimes to get the fucking right. platinum trophy is, like, excruciating. That was kind of the moment, um, I, well, I should probably wait for when we hit the spoiler to yeah. say what I was going to say. But, like, by the end of the game, there are so many different crime yes. groups. And, like, so that was the last thing I did. I tried to clean up all the crimes before beating the game so that mm-hmm. I could just have the credits roll and get the platinum trophy and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up doing. But it just, like, it was at least two hours, probably, of me just being in a specific region of New York, hitting the R3 button that pings out the Spidey right. sense, and waiting for these crimes to happen. And sometimes they just wouldn't spawn, and it was really annoying. And then, like, they're just... Once you do it for, like, the 30th time, it ceases to be fun at all. So it's, like, it's cool that there can be these combat scenarios, but, Mm -hmm. like, they're not varied at that point, and when you have to do so many... Yeah, because I'm trying to think, how many territories are there? They're... Ten-ish, maybe? Ten, and, like, there's... There's 20 per or something? No, there's 25, because there's... You have to do five... You have to stop five crimes, and there's five groups of crimes. I think there's only four groups. Okay, there's there. Yes, because there's the one. There's Fisk's people. There are the demons. There is the two other ones right. that happened that are spoilers. 
I guess okay, but even like that's so. so what I think what I think you're thinking of is in the beginning the random thugs are Fisk's people, mm. but then once very early on in the game, once you beat up Fisk, mm-hmm. they just turn into random thugs. Okay, so, so I think that is why you might be getting confused. okay. But I mean, even then though, you're talking like maybe ten. You're talking probably having to stop at least two hundred crimes, random crimes. Yeah, to hit the platinum. And it's like it, it it's not the worst, but no. like it's also not great. No, like at a certain like I probably stopped maybe fifty and I was satisfied. Like I Yeah. It, so like it by no means is like name breaking because you mm-hmm. don't have to interact no, with it I, if you don't want to. I just wanted to get everything. So like I did mm-hmm. and it just those specifically like really stood out yes. as being like and they unlock more slowly over the course of the game so it's like if you have more to do in theory but i was as they came up i was clearing them out so that's a really good way to give yourself burnout right which i did to myself i realized that that's why i played the game but like also a lot of those side missions just are not great Mm -hmm. so like i think that they have a really good base for this game and the sequel will be like top notch if they learn lessons especially with the side missions Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like other than that, like getting outside of. Did you have any more complaints? I and I, I know you and I kind of disagreed on disagreed quote unquote. I don't think the game had a great start. I don't, and I don't mean that necessarily where it didn't start out narratively that well. But like mm-hmm. I just think like it, it was punishingly hard. I think so, and oh, I know I, I completely am on the other side <laughs> of this. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was playing it too much, like Arkham. Like, as I said, I started the game on medium, and I died so many times in that first boss battle. So I think the reason that I differ with this is because, like, that exact battle system is the same in all the games it is in. Like, it was exactly the same in Shadow of Mordor, exactly the same as Arkham. So, like, I have that in my brain like and even in when i played shadow of mordor i remember people saying that like this is pretty difficult it was literally impossible for me to die in that game even if there were like 700 enemies at once did you do more countering or more dodging well i mean it's i would usually get a perfect dodge because like i never dodged once in those games i would always counter oh i always dodge see that i think is the huge difference because there is no counter. Yeah. There's only... Because, like, those games, like, I'm always, like, I'm fighting someone, and then I counter, and then I start fighting them, and then I counter. Yeah, no, I would always dodge. See, I think that's the huge difference. And so, like, literally, any time there is that exclamation point above his head, you mm-hmm. dodge, and right. then you equip all the thing. Me, personally, I equip all the things that make it so that, like, the perfect dodge window is basically infinite. So then you do that, and then you get enough focus to auto-kill, like, mm-hmm. half the people you're fighting... And then if there are, like, the big guys, which I did have a problem with in the beginning because they can just pummel you right. and, like, crush you. So I would just basically switch to the impact web anytime they came and shoot them into a car. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even have to hit them. Right. They're just done. So it was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I just always dodge in those yes. games that it... I don't know. I never really had that much trouble other than those specific big guys. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get an ability later where, like, I thought the gun guys were kind of annoying in the beginning, but you unlock the ability that if you perfect dodge, you can insta-kill them by pushing triangle. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, now the gun guys literally might as well not even exist anymore. Yes. The game gets a lot easier. The combat gets easier as you unlock unlock things. And I think the other thing is, like, the enemies do more damage in this than 
you kind of expect. That is, yeah, you can, like, if you get hit once and you're in a group of a lot of enemies, it's, like, very difficult to recover from that. Not necessarily that, but, like, as you said, like, the big brutes, like, they hit you once... And then, like, a lot of times in video games, they'll kind of, like, that's a big swing and they'll stop. Yeah. They just keep keep, coming. Keep going. And and then, like, the guns, like, you get hit by a, especially early on with one of the guns, like, that's easily 75% of your health. Yeah, because he gets, like, 10% health upgrades, like, fairly regularly as you level up. But, like, early on, like, as I said, like, they were doing, like, 70 to 80% of my health. Yeah. Like, you get hit. And I wasn't good at dodging. And I was terrible with the timing on the aerial uh, combo. Oh, hell man. I got, <laughs> I got that shit on lock. I, I, uh, I don't know. That took me a couple hours to get down, like, get that timing down. So I was really struggling with the combat early on. And then I would just, like, fuck with all the gadgets and stuff. Because mm-hmm. you can just insta-kill most enemies with, mm-hmm. like, using the, like, trip mines yes. and stuff like that. Yes, that was fun to, yeah. to dick around with. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't mm-hmm. have that much of a problem, but I also play those games much differently than you, I guess. Clearly, so. that, now it makes a lot more sense, because yeah. like, I never dodge in those games. Always so. dodge. You get the perfect dodge, man, and then you can crush the shit out of them. Because they get stunned when you perfect dodge. Mm, right. So then you get they get web in their face, and they can't even attack you. But then you can counter, and then like you can keep the combo oh, he going. Doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't do that. <laughs> so... All right. So yeah, and, now and so it makes like, a lot more sense. Uh, my last complaint is there. People have probably heard about it if they haven't played Twitter. And there are stealth missions. Okay. Yes. And they suck. Yes. They're pretty bad. That what I would I would describe them as bad stealth. There's yes because there's two actually types of stealth missions Which, in the okay, game. There there are so like the stealth missions where you can actually like get caught mm-hmm. and then recover from that are fine yes but there are a myriad of stealth missions where like you get caught and then you just get shot dead yes and like that is the absolute worst kind of shit mm-hmm. and i still i've always thought that was the shittiest thing like back when splinter cell first was like hey we're gonna do this mm-hmm. like at least in the original metal gear solid it still sucked like that but you could in theory recover but, like, any game where it's, like, you have to be in stealth and you get caught and you fail... Right. It sucks. Yes. Because it's just, like, it's not fun at all. Mm. And then you're just retrying the same fucking shit over and over. So that, to me, was my absolutely yes. favorite part of the game. Was definitely, like, those stealth missions. No way. Yes. I And that's kind of, like, Tomb Raider has, like, it's stealth, but it's, like, what I would call good stealth. Where, like, if, if things fall apart, you just kind of go into combat and, like, you know... You just shoot people then at that point. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like the way you play Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it, or just, any game. Yes. Uh, like I, Which you and I just like, one, we don't like stealth, and no. two, we're bad at it. Yeah, and then like if I can just like try to stealth until mm-hmm. I get caught because I'm a moron and then mm-hmm. just gun everyone down or beat them all up, that's my kind of stealth. Yes, yes. So it's not really stealth, but I'll, <laughs> whatever, man, if I... Hey, if I can take out, like, three guys before the combat starts, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, now I guess it will be done being negative about it. But, yes. like, I, that probably sounds like we really don't like it after that. But, like, I think that this game rules. It is definitely top three for me of the year. That is probably also true for me currently. So, like, th- this game really drives home how... 
it's possible for like games based on like big movie and mm-hmm. comic franchises to be awful. And like that does happen quite frequently, right? But like this is an example of it working mm-hmm. and like working very well, right? Because like one, I think Insomniac actually gave a shit mm-hmm. enough well, yeah. to try to make it, and two, no way was Sony gonna let them make a shitty first party game. I, but I don't think it's Insomniac would make a shitty game. I also don't think that because like thinking, looking back, like what sh- what game have they made that's like truly shitty? Fuse. Okay, Fuse. <laughs> Because, like, even the Resistance games are, like, okay. They're okay. I think Fuse was, like, pretty bad. Okay, yes. And it also very much, like, it was like they were making a kind of quirky-ish Borderlands game, mm-hmm. and then someone came in, because I don't remember who published that, because it was for everything. Right. Someone came in and was like, hey, why don't you just, like, remove all the soul of this game? Mm-hmm. And then it just became, like, a weird generic class shooter that was not very long and not very good. Mm-hmm. So I, that that's probably the one I can think of. But like I, I generally, you're yeah. right. they they do make very good, compelling products, um, and it's also interesting because they like had very much broken free from Sony to make like games that were for every platform, uh, or they were trying to because they made Fuse and then they made um, that the Xbox exclusive. Yes, uh, and that was like a one off thing. Yeah, uh, Sunset Overdrive. Sun- yes. which I very much like Sunset Overdrive as well. Um, but then they're going back to Sony to make another first-party Sony game. Which, like, hey, if they're a good enough publisher, or, or sorry, developer, and, like, companies want to contract them to make mm. first-party games, like, yes. hell yeah. I'm all for that. Oh, yeah, because, like, I guess the last game they made was Ratchet, though. Which is great. Yeah, which so, was another great yeah. game. But this is also very different than those games. Oh, yes, yes. I. It seems like this is probably closer to, to Sunset Overdrive than... Yeah. And Sunset Overdrive also had very good travel yes, mechanics. Yes, that's what I mean. Like the so, me- the traveling mechanic is like, I that is a game that I definitely want to play because I, I know, think you should. I think you'd like it. I think I I, know I did I would not like beat it. it. I got like kind of close to the end, mm-hmm. um, but I still enjoyed most mm-hmm. of what I played of it. Um, so Spider Man is also tricky because like it has had a tumultuous past in both video games and movies, right? Yes. Like the movies have been rebooted. This is they're on their third reboot now. And I think that Homecoming is good, and mm-hmm. they will not reboot it again. Um, but then there are also the video games, right? And like yes. I specifically remember the original Spider-Man game for N64 and PS1, and it was like pretty good. It was yes. interesting. It was not like the best, but it was okay. And then they made Spider-Man Two, which was just a movie game. Yes. Uh, and, like, people always talk about the swinging mechanics of that. You have it over there, don't you? Uh, that's the, actually, the original Spider-Man movie game, which is not good. So you have one and three, so you don't have the good one. Yes, both of those are bad. <laughs> but, like, the the original one, the, the Spider-Man game that I'm thinking of, for instance, yes. PS1, no, was yes. not even based on the movies. No, so I, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. So then they released that Spider-Man 1 movie game, which was, like, not terrible either, but it was not great. It was totally based on the film but then spider-man 2 was based on that film as the second film with dr octopus and like while i don't like listening to toby Maguire's voice in that game or like most of what occurs the side missions were once again not great in that they were okay but the web swinging mechanic people still remember now yes and then they put out like at least six or seven other Spider-Man games, and they were all hot garbage. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why people would be skeptical of this one at first. Right. But I feel like, one, once you know Insomniac's working on it, and two, you know it's a first-party Sony game, and then three, you see literally any gameplay of him swinging, mm-hmm. you know that it's probably going to be pretty good. Yes. 
Especially if you like like Spider-Man as a character. Right. Which I very much do. Um, and they just captured it well. Like, it is a... I think it's a good portrayal of New York City. It's yes. a fun... The traveling is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, web swinging feels very good. And then, like, you zip forwards with web zip in case you're, like, to gain momentum. Right. And then my... I Once you get the ability to hold both triggers and, like zip to a specific point and vault off of it that's where i was like man this feels really good yes and like you just feel cool you feel like Mm -hmm. (laughs) spider-man it's just like and you go so fast and like you can go anywhere and there's like little to no effort in making you feel super cool yes i I mean like i didn't even do a lot of the tricks because like i I I didn't either because i didn't even know you could do them until i Saw that there was a trophy for doing five of them in a row. Yes. Uh, well, you unlocked that ability. You didn't realize that. I did not unlock that ability oh, until okay. very near the end of the game. I didn't go down that tree at all. Okay. That makes until sense. Until the end. Because at the end, obviously, I planted it, so I had every yes. tree. But I didn't do that too much, even though I unlocked it fairly early on. Just because like, I was satisfied with just the, the sweat swinging as it was. and yeah. It was easy enough. and like I don't know. I don't really find... Hitting what what was it circle triangle and triangle? Circle. I don't the insta kill, but it's not the most comfortable doing over and over and over and over again. No, so, so I so I just didn't engage with that too much. But the swinging, I don't know about you, but I I didn't really uh, fast travel at all except for that trophy. Uh, I at the end I did mm-hmm. because I was so tired of going from one end of the city to the other. Okay. That I just started to fast travel like very close to the end, you, probably right. the last couple of missions because they literally appear one on one side of the map and the next one is completely on the other side. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could either take ten minutes to go there or I could just do it because I'm done with everything else. See, that's where you and I were very different. I would just kind of like I, I would just go from point A to point B. You know, just go right to the, to the mission. But if there was anything, like, that I could quickly do on the way, so I would just, like, stop, grab a backpack, keep going, maybe stop, take a picture of, like, the, uh, what are they called? Landmarks. The landmarks, keep going. I That kind of stuff. Like, I didn't mind deviating from my path a little bit, but I just kind of slowly just did that kind of stuff. I didn't, I didn't, where you were just like, I'm going to get all the backpacks immediately. I did, yeah, before, the, like, the third mission. <laughs> Um, and I did that for most of the stuff, yes. too. So, like, as the hideouts showed up, I took all those down. When all the challenges came up, I got gold on all of them but two, because that's what you have to do to get the platinum, Ugh. to get every suit. That, so are you talking so about the, the Taskmaster? Yeah. Oh, man. I actually really enjoyed all of those, except for the ones where you chase the drone. Drone, yes. That was, like, the only side missions where I was like, yes, because it is exclusively engaging with the mechanics that i enjoy about the game it's either combat or you have to get from point a to point b right and so like that that i was like i was way on board with it's just some of the timing in the drone challenges was fucking absurd right like there was ones where i would miss the score from silver to gold by like a hundred points and i literally couldn't get faster so i just figured out what two missions i couldn't do or without, like, trying for hours and mm-hmm. hours. And it was just like, all right, fuck these two. So I got silver in two of them. Um, but, yeah, it just it feels good right. to go from place to place. Yes. And I, I didn't... Yeah, you're right. I For almost the entire game until the end, 
I did not fast travel because I liked going through the yes. world so much. Even after I didn't have much to collect left, I would still do it because it's just like, man, this is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... it. I hate to be that guy, but you do feel like Spider-Man. Like, yeah. I know that's, that's like the popular meme to make fun of that because like every reviewer say it, says it, but it, it is something that it's just satisfying. Oh, yeah. And like even to me, the combat is like that because mm-hmm. like you really, especially shooting the webs at people and yes. like webbing them to walls and cars and shit. It just feels cool. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're Spider-Man. Yes. And you can, even when you're doing stealth and you can like hang upside down and like slowly come down or do like the ledge takedowns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just is really cool. And like the animation of him like webbing people up and shit mm-hmm. like an actual spider is really good. <laughs> yes. And so like that's another thing is other than you really feeling like you're Spider-Man, I feel like they did an exceptional job of characterizing Peter Parker. Yes. Like, I thought that I would not enjoy the parts of the game where you are Peter, or, like, just even cutscenes. Yes. But, like, I actually really was invested in all of those mm-hmm. in a way that I never thought that I would have been. I, Other than, like, those with the puzzles, because that was all Peter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I mean, like, they, they do a better... It, the best way to describe this game is, like... Like, when you're Spider-Man, you are peak Spider-Man. Because, yeah. like, to really... I would say, like, you're probably, what, like, a hundred, maybe a hundred, like, uh, comic books in from, like, his origin story. Well, yeah, because he's in, he's had graduated from college, which he started when he was in high school. He's been doing it, what, like, seven years? Yeah, something like that. So I would guess probably, like, a hundred comic books in or whatever from his origin story. Yeah. So, like, you are pretty much at peak Spider-Man at the start of the game, but you're also at, like, peter's lowest point in his life yeah for sure because he is broken up with mary jane at that point their relationship is really weird yes he is potentially being evicted from his apartment because he's like never home and never really has Mm -hmm. money to pay the rent or whatever and so yeah it's like a weird dichotomy uh, of the two yes personas and i I think that's that's very well done because you end up like you not only care about spider-man but i think you care about peter more than oh definitely yeah and like, even when you're Spider-Man, like, he does the quips. Yes. And, like, some people don't like that, but, like, that's what that character is. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. they, someone was like, hey, this is what Spider-Man is like, and then they exactly transplanted it into the game. Like, mm-hmm. it is an exact distillation of what mm-hmm. that character is like in the comics, and I think that that is really cool. Right. And, like, then, like, on top of that, like I said, when you collect the backpacks, you get all of the stuff, like fucking shards of mysterio's helmet and stuff and it like has a whole explanation of like Mm -hmm. why that is important in the spider-man universe and then even like all the suits right like there are so many and they're Mm -hmm. so interesting and cool like me personally i like the scarlet spider more than i like spider-man okay which like if anyone doesn't know what that is in the comics it's basically peter parker gets cloned right his clone ben Mm riley is the scarlet spider and, like, I just, for some reason, he wears a hoodie. That's why it is. I like hoodies a lot. <laughs> and I actually tried to buy a Scarlet Spider hoodie the other day, and now I get constant ads for Spider-Man hoodies. There were no good ones, mm. in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, but, like, I wanted to use that. Right. But I felt like for the game, I should try to use the one that they had made for the game. Because, it, right. like, it looks really out of place in cutscenes when he's, like here's me as Scarlet Spider, or here's me as, like, with the armor on you know mm-hmm. what i mean and then i was thinking to myself the whole time like oh once i beat the game i'll play as these other ones but then i did everything before i beat the game so 
I don't know. But there right. are a bunch of cool suits and you get cool powers. Yes. What suit power did you use the most? I actually used the the default one the most. Really? I used Web Blossom the most. Okay. Because you can once you get kind of tired of the combat, you can literally negate it. Because you'll by the time you get into right. any battle of recharged, you hit it, he just webs all around him, mm-hmm. and then when he comes down Probably in any regular fight, only like one or two enemies will have not been mm-hmm. stuck to something. Right. And then you can just punch them like twice and then they'll get stuck to something. So if you were like, just like, I don't want to fight these guys, right. it was a really easy way to just like, mm, easy mode and just blast everyone. Which combat tree did you go down first? The one that made it easier to auto kill enemies. So like to yank the guns and do the auto takedowns. See, that was the one I did last. Yeah. I did like the defending defending mm-hmm. one. So then like the one of the first things I went for was the where you can do like two auto kills like yeah, at the yeah. price of one. So like I would just kind of like activate that and then I could just kind of do those constantly. Yeah. So, like, similar to you, but, you know, different. Yeah. Also, I was constantly recharging my health because I wasn't very good at the combat. Yeah. <laughs> so I needed that, like, the extra health, so. So, yeah, I, it just, like, it is, I, I don't know, it just feels, like, very lovingly crafted. Yes. It... And, like, it has, like, a knowledge of, like, the Spider-Man and his world that mm-hmm. I feel like most other things have not had. Right. Especially fucking recent games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> One thing that I'm going to say that you might find a little strange, it reminded me a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. I do find that to be very strange. And it's it's just because of the way the video game is designed, where it doesn't really do anything revolutionary or new. It just kind of takes that open world formula and just... It just takes like the Ubisoft open world formula and perfects it. Yeah, you and, do and, have to find towers. You have to find the towers and, like, all those random missions and then also the taking out the camps. Oh, yeah. That's basically any Ubisoft game. Uh, yes. Uh, but it, it, Ubisoft or a game. It, those two games are basically just better Ubisoft games. Yeah, that's fair. But they created special worlds where, like, narratively everything fits. And it doesn't really feel like you're just going to a tower and unlocking towers, just unlock towers. Yeah. yeah. It feels like narratively you're doing this for a reason, so. Yep. And so now I think we will talk about spoilers. Yes. Because I have some things that I need to say about the plot of this game. Yes. So So if you do not want to hear about the plot of Spider-Man, you should turn this off now. And so... Yeah, if you don't want to listen to more of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. have a nice time, but we're going to talk about the spoilers e- now. Yes, so. So, I, it's weird because I felt like I was going to get something different from the plot. Right. Because I thought that the two things that they had showed at E3 would not be like the main huge focal points of each arc, mm-hmm. but that was the case. Yes. So it was also. So I had never read. I don't know what Martin Lee is from originally. I don't know if he's from Ultimate Spider Man or if he's from the regular universe. Right. But it was a weird bummer to me that as soon as he is introduced as a character. So he works at Feast, right? Which is like a charity organization that helps homeless people that Peter's Aunt May works for. Yes. And it was a bummer for me that as soon as I saw him, I knew he was Mr. Negative. Mm. So, like, that kind of, like, threw me off. I don't know that they should have shown and revealed that he was Mr. Negative in case someone had not read the comics that he's from. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought he was a good villain. Yes. Uh, and like the dichotomy of him as a charitable person who's very nice to being like this weird negative demon man. Yes. Was a, a cool thing to see. Um, and, and then they also showed the part where at the end of the second act when all of the Sinister Six well, minus one. M- the Sinister Five. The Sinister yes. Five. And then so like... <laughs> That's weird because normally Shocker would be in place of Mr. Negative and right. Sinister Six, but they got rid of Shocker early, which, like, that would be a cool thing if they had not also shown that at E3, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, the reveal of who they were, other than one person who I knew then. See, I knew then that the person that was going to show up right before they ended that E3 presentation, 100%. Knew it was going to be Dr. Octopus because that is a Sinister Six, and they were like, Ooh, and then you start the game, and like the one of the first things you fucking do is go to Octavius's lab. Yes, and I was like, "Damn it!" Yes, which the thing about that is like, I think everybody who's like knows anything, anything about, about Spider-Man knew that that was the case, and it was just like it was such a weird thing to me because I thought that they were throwing like some weird curveball. See, the thing is, I didn't know. Like, I it's like this is going to be a Doctor Octopus, yes, but I didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah, and then it happens, like, at the end of the second It act, happens, basically. yes, and that... I didn't expect Dr. Octopus to be there, and the reason why is because, like, I don't know why, but, like, when I was going through Act 2 and that, like, moment wasn't happening, I was like, there's no way they're going to do this, do that moment this late in the game. Like, it just feels... It will just be strange that they showed such a big moment at towards the end of the game. So I was thinking what was going to happen is that scene was going to be the last thing that happens in the game. Like, that would be the last oh, scene. Oh, yeah. And then, like, he's he just, like, looks and is like, you... Because, like, I think that's how, like, that, that trailer ended, right? He just says, like, you... And then they, like, show the, the character, and then, like, it's just, like, the game is over. Yeah. That's kind of how I thought the game was going to end. Nah, man. I no. Was, I, they can't show the ending in an E3 press conference. But what if they did? How That'd bold be would so be? dumb! How bold I'd would be that so, be? I'd be so upset. I would get to the end of that game and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. I already saw this shit. <laughs> how bold would that be? That would be very bold, but, like, I think in a negative way. <laughs> yeah. And it just, like... Yeah, so, like, that was those two things were kind of a bummer from a plot right. standpoint, but, like, almost everything else I was a pretty big fan of. Like, I, I think that the way that they portrayed Peter mm-hmm. and him, like, trying to salvage his relationship with Mary, Mary Jane and, like, figure out where they were. Yes. Uh, like, I like that. Especially the parts where he was, like, on the roof as Spider-Man texting her, mm-hmm. and he would be like, oh, no, no, that's the wrong thing, and, like, delete it and, like, type it again. That scene is, like, probably my favorite scene in the whole game. I think that was really well done. How did you like Mary Jane? Did I thought she was fine. I I didn't really care much. I, I As the game went on, I liked her more. But, like, especially in Act 2, where she... I felt like she was just kind of playing around with his emotions a little bit. A little bit. But I they were in a really weird place they in were, general. Yes. And I feel like the reason they broke up in the first place was because he was the catalyst of that. Probably. Because he was... It seemed like he was just trying to be overly protective and she didn't like that. Yes. But then she'd get herself into bad situations where she needed his help. But I don't think that was true before this. No, I don't. So. I don't think so. I think he was just being overly protective in case something like this would ever happen. Yes. So I, it, it is a weird dichotomy and I don't know if 
like I don't know a ton about the comics, but I don't think Mary Jane is portrayed quite like this, or is she pretty much? I like this? not that I am aware of because I I don't think she's really a journalist. And I don't know what they did because they've rebooted the right. Marvel universe like three times in the past like five mm-hmm. or six years, so I don't know what it's like anymore. But yeah, she because she could be whatever. But I mean, right. then they also in the comics have like. Gwen Stacy and Black Cat mm-hmm. and like a bunch of other characters right. that like get in the way of that relationship in weird ways, um, which that so so that's the thing that bothered me about one of those side missions is they build up to you meeting Black Cat and her being back there and the most you get is literally a video conversation that doesn't matter and it's like she's planning for this heist mm-hmm. is what you get from that but that's the first DLC. It's coming out, which, like, I, that will be cool, and I will buy that DLC, but, like, I think that's kind of, like, a shitty cop-out. Yeah. And, like, so the same thing kind of happens with Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Like, they introduce him, and you see him on screens, and then you, like, fight him once, but, like, there is no real payoff for that if you do all of those. Like, if you do them to a certain extent, he will fight you. Right. And then, like, that's it. He'll basically, like, the final thing is he'll just say, like, oh, man... I feel like you could be so much better if you just, like, killed people or whatever the fuck he says, and then he just leaves. I was like, well, this was worthless all Mm -hmm. around. And so, like, stuff like that was weird, but everything that had to do with the main plot I felt like was very flushed out and well done. And and that's just kind of the way I am as a player. I just, I focus on the critical path, and then if I feel like doing some side missions, I will. This was just kind of a, quote-unquote, hard week for me, busy week. Yeah. Cause like uh, I have, I'm a big hockey fan, so like oh, okay. it's preseason right now. Yeah. So there's <laughs> six games and seven nights. Mm. So like basically, I was just trying to find time to play Spider Man in between yeah, yeah. the hockey game. So that's why like that first weekend, I just went buck wild because I was yeah. like, hockey's gonna be starting, and I know I'm gonna be struggling. So yeah, I just kind of. I, I wouldn't say I rushed through the game. I just kind of played till I was satisfied, and I could have played more, but whatever. I'm I'm happy with where where I played, and eventually I'll probably pick up the game, and then I have a ton of stuff I can do. So. Yeah, yeah. So me personally, I like Miles Morales as a character, and yes. he was originally introduced when they made the Ultimate brand of of Marvel comics. So he was the Ultimate Spider Man, mm-hmm. and he it's weird because he's like a pretty similar character to peter right um so so the the thing that i thought was weird in this is his dad passes away right because of something that he he gets attacked during uh mr negatives yeah mr negatives attack on an osborne rally right um and I thought that was strange because one of the main conflicts of Miles in the Ultimate Comics is he doesn't want to tell his dad he's Spider-Man mm-hmm. because his dad is, like, weird and shitty about mutants. Like, in an almost kind of, like, racist way. Um, and so, like, they just cut that whole conflict, like, right oh. out immediately. And I thought that was really strange. Um but I, I just like Miles as a character right. in general, and I, I am glad that he was in it, and I am glad that they did the thing that I hoped that they would do mm-hmm. in making him Spider-Man. The one thing that I wasn't sure is, like, in the very first act, 
they only call him Miles. Yes. So I didn't know if it was Miles Morales. Oh, I did because they they did that. They teased that in the fucking E three trailer as well. Well, I know that, but his father was Jefferson Davis. Yes, and I don't really know what that whole thing. And is, then his, his mom, mom is, is Asian in the game, or she looks Asian. She does, but her name is Rio Morales. I yes, because he, he's I know he's like African American and Latino. Yeah, but that but like his dad being a different last name and his mom that is looking weird. Asian. Yeah, I, I I don't know. So I was like. I think this is supposed to be Miles Morales, but, like, it could be some, like, trick that they're throwing out on us. And then, like, in the second act, they call him Miles Morales. And I was like, okay, then I don't know why he has a different last name than his father. And his mother is Asian. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Either way. So, right. so, like, the parts of the games that I dislike the most were you play as Mary Jane and Miles in stealth sections. Yes. And it just, like, they were not very well done and they almost seemed like filler in a lot of cases especially the miles ones like for sure um i think the first one is okay when like he's going through the wreckage to try to find his dad right but uh, the other one where he's running from rhino is like there's no reason for that scene in any way you look at it like that easily could have been cut well, or, like, a more logical is he would have called Spider-Man. Yeah. Because, like, Spider-Man, or Peter He was had calling. his phone. Yes, yes. He had and Spider-Man's phone number, so he could have called him. Because, like, that's what I would have done. I would have been like, Spider-Man, I'm fighting Rhino. Yeah, like, I'm help. a fucking teen kid, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to not die here. It's so, yes. But I will say, uh, I didn't... I actually liked the final um, one with, uh, what's her, Mary Jane... When you finally get the gun. Oh, yeah, and you can stun them from behind. Yes. That at least made it so you can take guys out. Because then, like, the stealth gets a little easier when you can actually take guys out. It's when, like, you're just, you have no tools, basically, with Miles. Yeah. The only thing you can do is distract them, and, like, that works kind of okay. Yeah. And so, I I like Miles as a character, and I feel like... Originally, I was worried because I didn't know how he was going to fit into the story. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the the way they connected him to Peter was like super well done. Where like his dad passes away, mm-hmm. and Peter tries to be like, "Hey, man, like I understand what you're going through," but he doesn't come out and say, "Yeah, like my my parents are dead mm-hmm. and my uncle died." And it was like the newer version of Spider Man, so his parents were like uh, Shield agents that like died on a mission or whatever the fuck happened. Um, so it, it was cool to see him like try to interact with Miles and him mm-hmm. be like, "Yo, fuck off, man! You don't understand what I'm going through." And then he like starts to volunteer at feast because they ask him to. Right. And then he like learns that oh shit, Peter does actually know this literal exact thing that I went through. But he was like frustrated, mm-hmm. and he was like getting bullied or whatever in that one scene. He wasn't getting bullied. The guy was just insulting his father. Yeah, but then, like, Peter shows him how to stick up for himself, and, like, if he actually has to fight Oh, someone. yeah, you're talking about a different scene, yes. Because yeah. that was when he was just trying to get to Feast initially. And those guys were, like, fucking with him. It wasn't Peter, it was Spider-Man. It like... was Spider-Man specifically, yes. yeah. Well, they're the same, whatever. Well, no, yeah. Yes, yeah. so he, like, teaches him how to throw a punch. Yes. That was the best part of the Rhino mission for me, is at the end when he does throw a punch punch right because those two like convicts try to like Mm -hmm. take him out or whatever and i was like oh man this is good to develop him as a character in this way yes i i like that a lot and then he does get bit by that spider that like the whole basic plot is like 
Osborne is developing what the fuck was it called? Demon's Breath? Demon's Breath, yes. Because he was trying to cure an incurable disease, but really the Demon's Breath was fucked up and was causing an incurable yeah. disease instead. Yes. So they were, it looked like they were injecting it into spiders in the lab, mm-hmm. and Mary Jane in one of her stealth missions f- hits the glass cage and it knocks a spider out and it stays on her, mm-hmm. and it gets out and bites Miles later on. And so, like, you think, like, oh shit, is he actually gonna become the Spider-Man, or is he going to get sick and die? It was my initial thing. Hmm. And then at the end, he obviously did become <coughs> when another I, Spider-Man. When I saw that spider, I was like, this is gonna somehow find its way to Miles. But I thought that it was gonna bite Mary Jane, and then she was gonna become Spider-Girl also. Mm. And that did not happen. Is it Spider-Girl, or is it Spider-Woman, or are those two I think it's Spider-Woman. Okay. There was like a hundred, because then there's also like yeah. Spider-Gwen and all the thousand other ones. So... Yeah, like, I, they set it up for what I believe could be a really cool sequel. Yes. Because at the end, Osborne is being a tool the whole time. He seems like a really shitty person, but he seems to care that Harry has the same incurable disease as his mom. Mm-hmm. And Harry, like, the whole conceit was they had sent him off to Europe, so he, like, isn't there for the whole game. But he won't return any of Mary Jane or Peter's calls either, so they like can't get a hold of him and they don't know if he's doing okay. And at the end, they reveal yes. that he is being kept in like a weird test tube environment, like yeah. a tank. Which that thing at like at the end of that cutscene was that a symbiote? That, okay, so that's what it looked like, but. I don't know why that would be the case. Well, I mean, there is a possibility that he's already fought Venom. There is a possibility of that, which I don't, I don't know if that would be the case or not. Because then, like, I guess then it would make sense that Norman would be using that with, like, scientific experiments. Possibly. Um, and, and I don't know. Yes. I, I would imagine that the next game is... Harry is okay, and then he becomes Hobgoblin. Would you think it'll probably be Green Goblin first? You would think. I would have assumed that they would both be in it yes. in, in some capacity. But so, like, yeah, there are a multitude of ways that the second game could go. But what I think is cool is that there will very hundred percent you will play as both Peter oh, and yeah, Miles, yeah. and like that's really cool because like they were separate in their universes until they got Marvel got rid of the Ultimate timeline, mm-hmm. and then it. They had this whole fucking crazy plot line where the two merged. I thought he, Peter died initially, and then like that was in Miles' timeline. Yes, yeah, so, that's so what I'm when, when they merge them together, they both do exist at the same time, right. which I know nothing about after that happened. So it's interesting to see them interacting with each other. But that mm-hmm. did occur in the comics as well. Yes. Which I know, like Miles is pretty much the same as Spider or Peter Parker. Yeah, except I, I think he's got like some invisibility. Something like uh, yeah, that. I don't really remember. I, I I think there are like a few little differences between the two. Yeah. I'm really kind of curious. Of, I wonder if his suit's going to be pretty much very similar or the same, but more black. I, I don't know how that's going to... The Ultimate Spider-Man costume looks a little bit different, so I wonder if he'll have that. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it'll just be totally different because it'd be kind of weird if they both had very similar costumes. Yes, yes. Um, but what I think is cool about it is like... People always talk about the, like, villains in Batman mm-hmm. because they're all compelling and, like, right. most of them have, like, some weird mental disorders and shit, shit like that that make them, like, interesting characters to, like, right. look at from the outside. I also think, like, if you're looking at, like, uh, 
gallery of villains from things spider-man is like pretty close to that in my opinion i would say spider-man is the closest that marvel has to yeah like he he has very notable villains that a lot of people know and so Mm -hmm. like they burned the sinister sticks right off the bat but there were also a handful of villains that they could use that they did not in this one like Mm -hmm. they could bring back mysterio which would be really cool but then like the ones that people really give a shit about green goblin and venom and then if they really want to get crazy they could bring out the hobgoblin carnage sandman like a whole bunch of really the lizard which judging from where they are i think the lizard already happened because there was some line in some side quest where he was like oh oh no there's the halloween party mission right and the people are dressed as the lizard yeah so like that already happened but yeah they could bring that back yes there's no reason they couldn't so like they still have a ton of really good villains that they could use and have it be cool i mean shit you barely fight the Sinister Six other mm-hmm. than uh, Mr. Negative and uh, Octavius. Um, so, so they could go a lot of places with that. Like you, more characterization on Scorpion or whatever, things mm-hmm. things like that. But I, I mean, Sandman, Green Goblin, and Venom, I think are the most likely candidates to be like the main villain of the next So thing. Spider-Man 3? Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was Spider-Man three, right? It was those three villains. Yeah, Harry turned into whatever the fuck he called. Oh, there himself. was four it was the villains. Black Goblin or whatever the shit. No, there was only three. Well, Harry was like kind of a villain for a little while, and then he yeah, but then good. it was only Sandman and Venom as the other one. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Yes. Three, yeah. Yes. God, that movie sucks. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> um. So yeah, like they have a lot of places they can go, and they set it up in a way that I really think is good mm-hmm. to keep people going, and. If there was any doubt that they were going to make a second one, it sold so fucking well that first couple weeks that, like, they're going to make another one. Oh, yeah. And they set it up to make another one. So, like, they're going to. And what I think is more exciting to me than, like, the plot aspect of it is, like, if they take this as a base and learn from the criticisms that, like, reviews and, like, people have given, like, the side quests not being what they could be, Mm. making it more interesting, I think it will be, like next level awesome like amazing game i'm just kind of wondering how if they would do it more like gta with like peter and miles that's one of the biggest things i i'm because you know it's going to be both like there's no way there's no way unless they just focus mostly on miles because something happens to peter um maybe peter just kind of like no because see that was one thing I, i maybe i shouldn't in the Aunt May. Let's talk about Aunt May yeah. before I say what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, like, I really like Aunt May in this game. Like, I think she may be my favorite depiction of Aunt May in, like, any of the hmm. the movies or anything that I have seen. Yeah. She's just an extremely likable Yeah, well, yeah. Ca- I mean, that's character. her whole thing. She well, works no. at a fucking homeless shelter and gives her whole life to take care of other people. Hey, the Tobey Maguire Aunt May, I do not like. I don't <laughs> think she... She's a terrible Aunt May. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. And then The Amazing Spider-Man, like... I don't know. Why did those movies get shit on so much? I didn't think they were that. The second one was not great. No. The first I, one was fine. Yes. Uh, it just... And then Aunt Bay, you don't really see her enough to really have an opinion. Hey, man, Marissa Tomei is fine. <laughs> Top yes. notch. Good I, Aunt May. I hey, You just, she's not in it much. No, and that's fine. But in this, yeah, Aunt May is in it a lot. Yes. And her relationship with Peter is very good, I feel. And they mm-hmm. characterize her pretty well. So it makes the part where she, 
no longer exists yes. to be very sad and that scene oh, is so good that that was payoff that i mean they earned that payoff like they did and so what i think is crazy about that is at least in the old spider-man cartoon from the 90s mm-hmm. the whole crux of the sinister six act was they found out that peter was spider-man and so they like kidnap aunt may and do mm-hmm. all the stuff they can't do that now no well, they can probably go after Mary Jane. Yeah, but they can't go after Miles and his people. So, like, it'll no. be, it'll be weird. Well, wait, they could go after Miles' mom. Well, yeah, but they don't know that he is Spider-Man. They only know that Peter is Spider-Man. Well, yeah, that's. Well, oh, yeah, okay. Just Doctor Octopus knows that, yes. which he makes very clear. Which, like, obviously, he found out like right at the beginning of the game, but mm-hmm. he just pretends he doesn't actually know that Peter is Spider-Man. Um, and also he's like a super genius, so he probably just figured it out in mm-hmm. the first place anyways. But, yeah, like that, that Aunt May thing, it was very good payoff, it was very emotional, mm-hmm. those scenes were very well done. Uh, yeah. It's, and it's gonna suck that she's not in the next one. Yes, and so what I was going to say is, like, maybe, maybe Peter will just kind of, like, stop being Spider-Man after what happened to Aunt May maybe even initially but then like but what she said to him at, when she was going mm-hmm. i feel like he will continue to be spider-man but it, the other thing is the way they narratively do it it's like three months later and then then you just go back to being spider-man i don't think like it just wouldn't make sense that but also the way that last scene happens where mm-hmm. miles shows peter that he has the powers and then right. peter shows him that he also mm-hmm. does he has to train him. Oh, yes. 100%. Oh, Like, yes. that's going to be what the beginning of that game is, almost certainly. Um, so he has to be Spider-Man at least a little bit. Yes, yes. I, I'm saying, like, maybe maybe you jump in and you're just miles where Peter's taking a break of Spider-Man Maybe, or yeah, that'd be... <clears throat> and then, okay. like, Peter gets pulled back in because Miles needs help. Or he gets pulled back in because they... They go after Mary Jane or yeah. something. I mean, there are there are options because I don't know if that would be with a second one. If you want to go back to the basics and like have to relearn, I don't know if that'll be fun. Yeah, but they do that with everyone. I they know. even did that with Arkham, and they're just like, yeah, I don't know, Batman forgot mm-hmm. how to fight as good. That, like what? That is one thing I have to give Banjo Tooie a ton of credit for. <laughs> like, it starts out the game, and it's just like, hey, have you played this before? And if you just say yes, you you know all the moves, and then you just play the game. Yeah. But, like, most of these games also try to artificially remove the abilities that you had learned yes. in the previous one. So, uh, who knows? Yes, and then and then you get to unlock the same abilities again. Yes, which always sucks. Yes. But, I mean, how else are they going to do it? To yeah, have yeah. any game progression, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, um, like, it's one of those tricky, like, no win. Unless you create, like, a whole new tech tree. Which, I don't know what you can really add to that that will yeah. make it that much better. So yeah, I, moral of the story is we both really like Spider-Man. Yes. I think there are aspects where it could have been better, but it is still like a very, very high quality game. I think the second one will be even better, mm-hmm. but it is like a really good base. And like, if you were wondering like, hey, I was on the fence about Spider-Man, I think if you like melee combat and you like Spider-Man as a character, mm-hmm. like 100% get it. But like, if you really didn't like the combat and like Arkham... Or Shadow of Mordor, and right. if you don't really care for Spider-Man, like it's not going to be for you. Like this isn't going to change your worldview on Spider-Man as a character or anything. It just is a good video game 
and it is a good portrayal of Spider-Man. Yes, I think it, you can tell that Insomniac, somebody there really oh, likes yeah. Spider-Man. And, 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 I, they, they did a, gr- mm. a great job. And so this will be the final thing. We'll end on this. What really bothered me in the second half of the game is fucking all of New York is on fire. And, like, it's been taken over. You're, the fucking Avengers Tower is in that town. You're, what happened to the Avengers? You're talking about Act 3, not... Act 3, yeah. That reminds me, I wanted to bring this up. If you are a completionist, do everything you can at the end of... Before the end of Act 2. Yeah. Because, like, things just get... It gets so ridiculous. It gets just annoyingly harder in Act 3. Because that's when they add like all of the like the the fire and then like yeah. there's just so many more enemies around. So that was kind of like I was like, so one of my plans was I was gonna do as much as I can at the end of the game. But then they just introduced so much at the end of Act Two, and I was just like, there's gonna be too much here. I'm just gonna streamline it and pretty much call it a, you know, take a break. But from so Spider-Man. this is my thing. Right. New York, literally a flame in yes. some areas. It's basically, like, taken over by, like, a militia, mm-hmm. and convicts are roaming the streets free. The Avengers Tower exists. Daredevil exists. Luke Cage exists. Doctor Strange exists. And I, they even mentioned Black Panther. So, these characters all exist, and mm-hmm. Spider-Man knows who they are. Not a single other fucking person shows up in this burning city to help him. And this is my... This is what I believe. I believe... That they are setting up a Marvel Cinematic Video Game Universe. And I think that the Avengers game that Crystal Dynamics is working on takes place in the same universe as this Spider-Man. You think Crystal Dynamics That is what I believe. I believe that they are starting a Marvel Video Game Cinematic Universe. That is the only explanation to me how the city could literally be fucking on fire... And not a single member of the Avengers would come and help Spider-Man. They're on the West Coast. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. What a bad what a bad thing. They can all fly right the fuck over there. And so, like, sure, yes. you could just say, like, oh yeah, they just they're not there, right? They're on some other mission. That's stupid unless Crystal Dynamics game takes place in the same universe. I I, I agree with you. Cause like realistically, I mean like Captain America, he's not going to just be like, that's okay, my, like, well, yeah, and like, same thing, on like, fire. If you, you have Josie's and all these places in there, like, yeah, Daredevil's going to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, let's go, militia, <laughs> like, fuck that, there's <laughs> right. no way, so I personally, I hope this, and I believe this, is that that game takes place in the same universe, and uh, I want that more than anything, I, hmm. because one, I don't know. if that Avengers game, and then I also want a Daredevil game separate. I would. I don't necessarily want like this whole big interconnected. That is what I want. Kind of like the Marvel universe, but what I'd rather have is like referencing the other games. Yeah, because like I don't want. Bit. I don't want like all these different studios from all these different publishers. They're all working together. It's gonna get messy. That is what I want. I want to see what happens because if that is the case. People said it. Infinity War was the most ambitious crossover ever. Just wait. I. It would be so sick, and that might not be happening. But I think that at least they will try to say that these two games are happening in the same universe, at the very least. I think there might be references. I'm just wondering. I would be like, man, while we were gone, New York was literally on fire. Mm-hmm. Bummer. 
Yeah, I Thor was there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I yeah. think that would be really cool. I think it would be really cool, but I just when you, movies, it's one thing because it's all under Disney. Disney has all full control. Where this, like, you're talking Sony has full control over Spider-Man. But Marvel, I think, has full control over what any of them would get to do with that. Not Spider-Man. I think that in video games, I think that is true as well. Okay, then maybe. So, uh, the rights to each character, I think, mm-hmm. are separate from that, but I still believe that Marvel has the final say in what gets in that Spider-Man game. The, I mean, that would make sense, which, I mean, I, I assume as long as he's depicted well which i mean he was obviously depicted well they were fine with it i'm just wondering like what you're gonna need is then like a central team that's like working on all of them working with all these different studios that's not necessarily true especially if it's just like weird references like if it is if it's just where if it is more akin to the defenders than mm-hmm. it is to the mcu the, the mcu i'll take that like, if it's just like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I know what's going on over mm-hmm. there, and something else is happening at the same time this is happening. But it's, to me, it is impossible to believe that all of these other heroes could be there, mm-hmm. and not a single fucking one helped him at all. Yeah, I mean... Like, because if it was just the Avengers, I'd be like, okay. But then when it's like, oh, yeah, but, like, also here's Doctor Strange's house. Mm -hmm. Here is the gym Luke Cage trains at. Here is where Daredevil goes. And then he talks about Matt Murdock. Mm -hmm. So it's like they do all exist. And it just is very weird to me that they're not a single fucking person would come help him. Right. Which the city is literally burning. Like, sure, if he's fighting these villains, whatever. City's on fire. Mm -hmm. You gotta do something. Which, I mean, like, I understand licensing, why that's just, it would be too messy. And also, Insomniac just wanted to tell a really good Spider-Man story, so. Yeah, and and they did. Yes. So, yes. this podcast went way over. Oh, I knew uh, it was, I when I started, like, detailing this out, I was like, this is probably going to end up being one of our longest podcasts. Yeah, so, which is fine. Yeah. Um, because I mean, Spider Man is very recent. Yes, yes. Just have to talk a lot about it. Yes. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for us here this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be back again in two weeks. Yes. Uh, as always, uh, the theme song is the song "Sting Operation" by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chip tune band. You should check them out. Um. But yeah, I like Spider Man. I do too. It was good. I definitely on my top ten list. Yes, yes. It, Thankfully, it's a lot better than Nino Kuni too. I don't think at this point anything's even going to break my top three. Mm, same. Because I I look at what's coming up and it's just. I think my top three are pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. Maybe my top four. So we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, Spider Man is very good. Right. At this moment, I would say top three. I, it's a little disappointing because like Spider-Man was the one game that I was really looking forward to playing, and now I just don't have anything right now. Where it's like I don't know. Are you playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider? I'm I right, but I mean Spider-Man was like my most anticipated game of 2018. Yeah. So. And yeah, not necessarily for me, but like pretty high up there, and I it definitely lived up to my expectations yes. and exceeded what I imagined them to be. So. Um, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. very good. Can't wait for another one. And so we with that, we will be done, and we will see you guys in two weeks. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>